And my name is Crystal. And this is Vasiation Virus the Supernatural Commentary Podcast, where I, someone who has seen this show several times, and I, someone who only knows the show through social media, discuss every single episode of Supernatural from start to finish. Also, we are both Asian. Both Asian! For today's episode, we are discussing Season 4, Episode 16, On the Head of a Pin. Written by Ben Edlin, directed by Mike Rowe. This is a big one. Big one. What does the title mean, actually? It doesn't come up. I suppose it's like, it's because it's Angel v. Angel. So it's like dancing can be... Fighting? Fighting, yeah. Sure, okay. So they're dancing on ahead of a pin this episode. I like the title of this one. And like, I know that nowadays in... And I mean, even back then, like, Supernatural fandom has always been very conscious of, like, title names and, like, writers. Like, you say a scene and everyone is like, oh, yeah, um, that that scene is in episode blah, 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 written by blah, Mm. blah, blah. And it's like, you know, people are very aware of the writers and everything. But even before I was involved with any fandom whatsoever... Like, this episode, I remember as, like, this is an episode I remember. And I remember it also as the same, as being written by the same guy as the man who would be king. And, like, I don't even know why I had that, like, conscious thought. Or, like, I paid enough attention in that regard to have that conscious thought. But before I got into the fandom of it all. But, yeah. It's important. It's important. It's true. I mean, Ben Edlund has been swinging back and forth between being our enemy and being our friend. And by being our friend, I mean, like, being fine. So he's swinging back and forth being, in between being our enemy and being fine. This episode... He's our friend I, this time. Yeah, he's our friend on this one. And, like, a big part of it yeah. is that it's so... It's like our first Angel-centric episode. Like, really. Because mm-hmm. all of the other ones, like... I think I mentioned it last episode, like, Cass would just show up for, like, five minutes or, like, halfway through the episode or whatever. The angels are never the center, the focus. Like, when we open this episode, and it's Cass, like, the first scene is Cass. And it's like, you know, I think about, like, oh, what must people have felt when this was first airing? And they see this, and it's like, okay, we're in the big one. This is the big plot one. And I mean, it is. It is the Mm -hmm. big plot one. It's crazy. I suppose because they don't interact with much people we don't know prior, there's also less of the annoying, oh, the Winchesters are hanging out with people, I don't want to, like, <laughs> and they're being so annoying about it, part two. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big part also of why it's so, like, it's nicer to watch because you don't have to deal yeah. with the everything else. <laughs> right, there's no humans in this yes. episode besides the two of them. I think actually this is a really good follow-up to last episode, don't you think? Yeah. The discussions yeah. of like I mean, being special and all like, that. Yeah, and you know, whatever the angels have in store for you, it's not actually good. Stop lying to yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah, all those ideas get explored here. Like, I mean, throughout this episode, I did feel like empathy for Dean. I'm like, good lord, that's horrible. <laughs> 
<laughs> that reveal must have been horrible. That responsibility must be horrible and all that crap. I guess. Sorry, still no. I mean, it wasn't like my main. When he thought. when he got all when he got all upset, I was like, okay, and you didn't know. He didn't know that that was gonna break the seal. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because it did. Well, I just I don't see how that's relevant. <laughs> it's not important to his journey. <laughs> it's not. It's not important to anyone's journey. No, I actually I I felt a lot about this episode. I don't know. This gets thrown around a lot in the Destiel circles. I mean, I don't really recall how people um like interface with it as a Destiel episode, but. Like, it's not. And I also like that about it. Like, mm-hmm. Cass's struggles and all that is, like, removed from Dean in some way. Mm-hmm. And, like, they do interact. And their interactions are good. Like, I do think their conversations are good in this one. I mean, it's kind of like... Like, what do we mean when we say it's a Death Yale episode? Like, it's, like, obviously romantic or whatever. What, what, like, okay, let's just that their their connection seems to be the focus of the episode. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. That's so that's going to be our definition of the turn from now on, like moving forward. It's okay, connection. Yeah, <laughs> their profound bond, even. Yeah, and this one, I like there. There is aspects of it here, but I like that it's so Cassie, like it's so Cass centric. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cass is just yeah. so wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, and I like Anna and Uriel in this episode yeah. a lot, too. I think, yeah, they're all much bigger in my head than Dean was. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think this is what we said about that episode that we liked and was rated so low. The Magician's one, what's it called? Uh, Chris Angel is a douchebag. Yeah, the old guy Yaoi. And it's like, that one, it's like, it's barely about Sam and Dean. And that's why it's good. Mm-hmm. And... And, like, yeah. I suppose it's rated low because it's barely about Sam and Dean in the not-plot way. Yeah. But this one is, like, barely about Sam and Dean in the plot way. And also, I mean, I also said last time, right, like, what makes what makes this stand out in your head, like, what makes you remember it is the atmosphere of it. And, mm. oh, wonderful. Wonderful! It's a wonderful episode. I quite like it. So, oh. what did you know about it going what? in? Obviously, like, everything, probably. Yeah, I mean, obviously I knew about the flickering Halo street lamp <sighs> shot. Most yeah. fun thing that's ever happened. Um, I know that it ends with Cass having a conversation with Dean in the hospital, where Dean talks about like letting down both of their dads. Uh, I knew that this was going to be the episode where Sam's demon blood drinking gets fully revealed, and that he like saves Cass with his, his powers on Alistair. Uh, I know that Cass says, uh, like, I would give anything to, like, have you not do this or whatever before he tells Dean that he has to go torture Alistair. And then I guess just the gist of Cass's conversation with Anna and how he asks her to tell him what to do and she refuses. Yeah. So, yeah, just most of it. I think that those are the big parts. But also, like, every single scene in this episode with Cass in it like every single shot of Cass is like that's an iconic shot like and then the yeah. next scene happens it's like wow that's also an iconic shot of Cass like, no for yeah. real you go through the profile pictures of every Cass girl on the tumbles 
<laughs> it's probably gonna be from this episode, you know? Yeah, it, it's that probably. iconic. It is, yeah. Oh, they really go ham on the Halo imagery on this one. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. God. It's like the lowest hanging fruit of having an angel character, but like, I mean, I love mm. fruits, baby. I love to pick them. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> so the dance sequence is like very anacentric, I would say, but not in the like, like the way you would connect with the character. It's kind of like the plot mm. of her, you know, the plot of her presence in this show. And it really focuses on the, oh, she's an angel now. Because I do think that is a little bit hard to recall. Like, that's not the first thing you remember. Because the last time we actually, like, interact with her is... She knows she's an angel, but she doesn't have her grace. And so now it's like, oh, she has her grace. Although we don't really see it. Yeah, well, this it ends episode. on her getting her grace back. But yeah. So, you know, like, it's just at the tail end of the episode. We don't really interact with her as an angel with her grace back. Mm-hmm. I mean, we also still don't. And I actually quite like that. Because, like, they really make a point of having Cass, like, move things telepathically a lot, a lot this episode. Mm-hmm. But you have, like, Anna, who doesn't do that at all. And, like, actually touches Cass. And it's, like, you know, it's wonderful to me that this whole episode, Cass doesn't touch anything. I mean... You know what I mean? Like, when he's trying to, like, mm-hmm, move yeah. something, the pipes, whatever, he just telepathically does it. And then you have Anna, mm-hmm. like, reaching out to him, and that's something that he's, like, offended by almost. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, she teleports and makes the lights flicker, but you're right that there's, like, less of her power showing off in this episode. We also get some Sam recap in the then sequence. I mean, to lead up to the demon blood reveal, like, we have the part where he tells Ruby, it's not the psychic thing I have a problem with. I guess, like, we probably already discussed it when it actually happened, but, like, do you have further thoughts on that? Like, what does he actually think is so bad about drinking demon blood? Because, like, that's, like, the big thing of season four, right? It's, like... Oh, what Sam's doing is, like, probably evil. We're not sure. Oh, we're pretty sure it's evil. But, like, what's supposed to, like, really, really hammer that down is, like, he's drinking demon blood. And that just automatically is an evil action. Yeah. And it's, like, what is is that? Because you can say that, like, oh, it can lead to, like, further bad things. Like, you know, that nurse that... he bled out or whatever at the end of the season. Yeah, sure. But like later. But that doesn't happen yet. Uh-huh. And also like Ruby Ruby's vessel is like that's just her. There's no one in there. So no one's suffering in right. that way. And they don't give actions. a shit about the vessels anymore. Yeah. Like that is very clear with like everything Dean's doing to Alistair later. Yeah. Like there is a guy there. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. So it's not about that. Not at all. Okay, I guess Uriel is the one who has the talk with Sam where he's like, your mom died because Azazel wanted to force demon blood inside of you and now you're just, like, doing the same thing voluntarily with Ruby. Right, so I guess that's something, just the association of that with Mary's death. Yeah. and Like, to Sam, that makes it fundamentally bad. To us, I don't know. But, like, yeah, to Sam, that can be, like, the reason why... He's opposed to it. Yeah. Although and I feel like that's we a have, bit weak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. It doesn't feel like the same 
thing, exactly. And, I mean, okay, in season two, we have, you know, Sam following the psychic kids and being, like, more and more afraid that, like, all of them, like, go bad, all of them end up killing people. One could claim it's the demon, demon blood. blood that makes them evil, but, like, Although I does it? That's Are we the, supposed you know... to think there are actual mental, like, effects? No. Like, are we supposed to think that, like, Sam getting arrogant in season four is partly because of, like, the demon blood being mood-altering in any way? Or, I don't like, think so, because, like, we see, like, I don't think that so. guy who, like, has the giant bong, he seems pretty cool. Um, Andy, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. D- does he end up being a murderer? That's not him, right? That's Ava. No, Ava, Ava yeah. kills him before he can be a murderer. Sad. He should have been a murderer. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we can see from the episode, like, the different kids, oh, those different, like, them. What's the term they use? Psychic kids. Yeah. <laughs> the different psychic kids like have different reactions. It's so to the- funny when people call us Sam girls. True Sam girls would never. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but like you know, the different psychic kids had different reactions to the situation, and like Ava seems yeah. very into it. But like, I don't think that's a demon blood thing. I think it's just she was there for a long yeah. time. And yeah, she, like her fiance was killed like pretty yeah. brutally, and she's like, really we all cope it, you know? in our ways. Exactly. I like. Right. I don't think it's directly that, but maybe Sam can think it. Although I don't think he does. I think a part of it is just the surrounding accoutrement to it, which is that doing this means he has to lie to Dean, and. Well, that, only that, I presume. Like, doing this means he has to, like, hide it, which may make it feel, like, guilty. You know, there's the aspect of, oh, if you're, why would you hide it if it's bad, which Dean has brought up before? Or, it, like, why would you hide it if you think there's nothing wrong with yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's because Dean will judge me. But also, Dean will judge me because Dean thinks it's bad. And it's like, it just piles on to each other. So, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it is uncomfortable to lie to a person who is with you, like, all the time. So, yeah. Mm. I guess it, it also makes Sam, like, dependent on Ruby and on a way something. That he really yeah. doesn't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I it's guess what they well, lean not necessarily into. because he could just, like, go around and then, like, suck the blood out of demons. Like, he does do that, doesn't he? So, he's not actually that dependent on Ruby, but it, you're right that they do sort of lean into it where it's like now it's oh, like seems a like drug um, really uh, yeah. allegory. I mean, also, they hunt, they do hunt vampires, and mm-hmm. this is what they do. What do vampires do? Do the vampires literally just drink blood? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is like the same thing, and if the vampires like were hunting, and then you know. But that's, that's different, because mm-hmm. those people needed to live, and Sam is like... He needs it to defeat Lilith, so yeah. that everyone so in the world can to live. Him too. Yeah, exactly. I do, I, I do think strongly it's just that the hiding aspect of it is like frustrating and difficult, and makes it feel worse than how Sam would feel if he didn't have to hide it. I guess, but also, I, don't, I feel like we're talking about, like, supernatural here right and i feel like for supernatural it's like yeah like the language of like biological impurity is pretty big 
in Supernatural, like, I feel like it is just, like, a... We're tainting. Instinctual, yeah. like, ugh, thing. Just, yeah, like, you're tainting your blood with, like, the inferior blood of, like, the evil demon race. Like, it feels like they're leaning into that rhetoric and just expecting the audience to, like, understand that and, like, sympathize with that rhetoric. Which, like, is another reason, I guess, why, like, the whole Sam is evil storyline just doesn't really work for me in season four. Yeah. But, yeah, I think there's there's probably a lot of things mixed up in it. Of course. Um, okay, I guess the, the one other then-sequence thing that I thought was odd was that the line that they kept from Pamela was, I know what you did to that demon, and not the part where she says, if you think you have good intentions, think again. Like, why? Yeah. Why would Pamela knowing be important? She's dead. I think this is supposed to, like, do the whole... And it's not just exorcism now. Like, it's killing, whatever. Sure. Okay. Yeah, but also it makes it seem like what Pamela had an issue with was, like, killing the demon instead of, like... (laughs) Whatever it is, she had an issue with, which is pretty funny to me, personally. I- that demon was my pal, how could you? No, like, you know how, like, later when Sam is torturing Alistair, and Cass is looking at him like- I mean, we'll, we'll talk about what Cass looked like in that scene later, but, like, I kept Hot. on thinking, like, this is what you, like, wanted. Like, you wanted Alistair tortured to get info out of him. Like, you can't judge uh-huh. Sam for doing what you were, like, already doing. Yeah, like, it's okay to do it using, like, physical torture yeah. with knives and shit. But, like, as soon as Sam uses his powers, it's, like, bad? Yeah. Okay, I don't get it, if you say so. And that's kind of the vibe of the Pamela line here. It's like, it's okay if you kill the demon with, you know, stabby stabby. I mean, Dean says, hey, use the knife in Metamorphosis. Yeah. Or if you exercise a demon with your words, it's fine. But once you start waving your hands around, no, 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 no. (laughs) And it's like, okay, well, I don't fucking know what we're doing here. Yeah, we just still have not seen any evidence that the blood is, like, actually changing (laughs) Sam in yeah. any way besides giving him powers. And, like, maybe the idea is that we're just supposed to know that it comes with a catch, because it has to, because demons are evil. But, like, I, I don't know that. We start with Cass. As I've said, Cass. the scene of this episode is Cass. And, like, I, I just find it so funny that, like, whenever we talk about a previous episode before that was just okay until Cass shows up like um last episode and the great pumpkin episode it's like you know like you can actively hear us be like so like oh yeah we're just waiting for Cass to show up when we're talking about the scenes <laughs> and now like Cass is literally here he has shown up first first go this intro is actually it's iconic to me like, I remember it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, I remember, like, all of this episode. But this intro specifically, I remember watching it and thinking, that's cool when we pan out at the end. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is the first time we see an angel die, right? And this is, so this is also, this episode is the first instance of the wings, like, being burnt in this way. Yes. And God. it's such a such good, a good idea. 
And like the thing about Supernatural is you can say anything about it. And I literally do mean that. Like you can literally say anything about Supernatural. But the way they handle the imagery of the angels, like the physicality of it, I do find it quite impressive always. Like the wings part specifically. The fact that Supernatural never shows the wings, it's always just shadows, I think is such an excellent choice. Because like... I just don't I just think like you need like a high budget and like amazing execution to be able to pull off having physical wings like that. But mm-hmm. like even then it's still so present even though you don't actually see the physicality of it it's so present. You know that Cass has wings cuz you've seen it even though you haven't seen it. When these angels die, you know that they're angels who had wings because you yeah. see it. It's imprinted on the floor, burnt to the ground. Oh, wonderful. I mean, that we, we're not there yet. We're just with Cass. And he's walking. Mm-hmm. And there, it's like yeah. in this dark night. And there's like a bunch of cars. And they're crashed into each other. And Cass is just walking through this. There's like alarms blaring. He turns like a car alarm off. Yeah. Even though like the cops are already coming. So like, I guess the only reason would be that like the sound bothers him. And yeah. I love that. I love it. Yeah, he walks towards this woman who is on the ground. Guess what color dress she's wearing. <laughs> Literally, my first thought was like, they put this fucking angel in like a white nightgown-ish outfit. They yeah, look- and she's blonde. Like, she's she like blonde. looks a fair amount like Mary, I think. Yeah, like, Supernatural is never beating the white nightgown allegations. Like, I genuinely do think Ugh. they're never gonna beat it. Right, like, okay, so, like, she was on Earth, like, battling yeah. people, like, in this? Bad idea, I don't get it. Because Anna is an angel, yes, but she was human for a long while. So, when mm. we see her, she's in her human outfit. And, I mean, I think with Cass and Uriel, they both are just sort of wearing what their vessels were wearing when they, like possess them for the first time specifically what i'm saying is like when we do see angels like i don't know like naomi had a vessel too but like that one is like she's dressed up corporate style and then Mm -hmm. you have the i don't know there's like an angel in season six who shows up and reprimands sam and dean for using Cass. she's in corporate attire um i i feel like hannah was in corporate attire when she was in a woman vessel um, Raphael, when right. he was in a woman vessel, wasn't... Co- you know what I mean. And so this right, one yeah. kind of feels like a exception to the rule of, like, all yeah. the angels are in corporate wear. Yeah, I get that they, like, just want it to look really cool for their first yeah. angel death. And I do think that the, like, dress helps with the burnt wings and everything. Yeah, because it's like, a stark I mean, um, difference. She's she's part of their garrison. And their yeah. garrison has been on Earth for thousands of years, like, all fighting together, oh, right, it, is the history yeah. that Cass talks about yes. with the Uriel. So, like, yeah, I feel like realistically she wouldn't be wearing this. So, yeah, ladies on the ground. And Cass moves over, like, a piece of cloth that is covering her middle of her chest. And we see that she has a stab wound a little bit below her neck. That's below where the grace is, right? Like, the grace is closer to the Adam's apple area? Yes, I think the grace is, like, at the base of the neck, almost. This is not the removing the grace thing. This is, like, she's Mm -hmm. being stabbed to death. And Cassia looks at this and goes, Goodbye, sister. (laughs) It's 
James Charles here. <laughs> he literally does not say it like that, though. <laughs> That's a great Jensen Ackles doing a Misha Collins impression impression. Cass goes to leave, and we see a bunch of police officers just looking at this scene and going, what the hell? And then we swoop up. There's like a bunch of flashlights going around, like looking at the area beside her. And as the Mm. flashlight pans around, we see that there are wings seared into the road. Wonderful. Yep. The timing of all of it is so good because you just like, it's like a bird's eye view shot and you just like see her like as a spot of white against like, that's like dark dark cool night black. yeah and then like and then just the flashlights just like move and overlap with each other just so and then you see the wings and it's so cool it's so cool yeah they don't they don't always do that in the future do they like when like miriam died did they bother to like have burned wings they only do it for like dramatic stuff i feel i mean when Cass yeah. died while getting stabbed they didn't even wing him god damn is that true? Like, at the end of season 12? I don't know, maybe that's a lie and I'm lying to you. I, I just feel like I would have seen, like, 10 million cast-burned wings shots in, like, AMVs. That's if true. If we got to see a cast-burned wing shot. Like, I know that there's, like, a Jack one, because I see it. People will parallel like, the hell out of that if it, like, happened more than once for anything, yeah? Exactly. I think we have it here, yeah. we have it with Uriel later. Godsteel, the Godsteel, the field of burned wings. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, that scene is wonderful, but it's colored in a way that if you put it in an AMV, yeah, it looks so It's odd. so ugly. Yeah, it's bad. Which is also my main complaint with the Purgatory Season 8. Like, I of genuinely course. feel like they were comfortable enough to make it that gay. Because they were like, and nobody's going to be able to put it in their fucking aim because it looks so bad. <laughs> Literally. We cut to Impala and Sam's driving. Sam's driving. Hello. And immediately, oh. I was like, okay, what are the like implications of Sam driving in this episode? Because they cannot just let that guy drive. It needs to have yeah. a reason. I suppose I, this is to like... To continue the like, I'm stronger than you. Yeah. I can do things he can't. Thing. Yeah, which is also like the topic of the conversation while he's driving. That like Dean is like too upset, too tired, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Sam is saying that they're going to Cheyenne to meet with Ruby. You know, he starts being like, like I know you don't really like her, blah blah. blah but Dean's like, I'd a gaff. It turns out that what's on Dean's mind is Pamela's death. He says, I don't really give a rat's ass, which like. I mean, he said this before, I think. For sure. This is like a typical Dean speak. Is it like something yeah. people say? Because Yeah, I've heard it other way. Okay, okay, other great. Yeah. There are so many phrases in Supernatural that I have to like guess whether like people actually say it or like Dean says it. Yeah. And sometimes I would use it in real life and like people would be like, oh, where'd you get that phrase? Because like... You know, even if it's common in the United States, for example, like, it's not going to be as common in the Philippines. And I have to Mm -hmm. be like, oh, it's an American saying. (laughs) And I just pray to God that, like, it's an American saying and not a Dean saying. And if they Google it, the first result isn't like, what did Dean Winchester mean by this when he said it on Supernatural? 
Well, rat's ass is safe. Rat's ass. Don't give a rat's ass. Yeah. Right, so what Dean's upset about is Pamela's death. He says, Pamela didn't want anything to do with this, and we dragged her back into it. And I guess Sam's sort of just compartmentalizing really hard, right? I mean, it does suck that, like, he was the one who, like, woke up at the moment of her stabbing, so, like, he probably feels more responsibility for, like, not being there on time. And also, like, her last words were to him and were, like, pretty, pretty soul-shaking for him or whatever. So, yeah. He's just going, like, she knew what was at stake. Dean says that he's tired of burying friends. Like... Who the hell did they have Like, to no offense so to Pamela. We talked to her. We saw her, like, three times. <laughs> Yeah, also, who but- else was it? Who else did he bury? I don't think he did. Is there anyone else that they buried in season four? Not that I recall. Season three. Who in season three? No, I'm asking. Like, who did they bury in season oh, three? Like, no, like, Bella died, but they didn't like her. Gordon died, but, like, Sam did that shit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sam caused that to happen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hendrickson died. Uh, but that's in season two, right? Yeah. Is it in season two? It's in season three. No, yeah. no, Lilith no. You, you seen Bello. Yeah, yeah, that's in... Okay, that's in season three, and Dean did like... Did like him, him eventually, yeah. Yeah, and he did show up as a ghost in 402. You mentioned the other day, you don't think Dean is a friend person. Like, you don't think Dean just ever defines anyone as a friend? And I've been thinking about Because, yeah. like, the only per- other person we have outlined here, aside from Pamela, is, like, Henriksen. And I think Dean wanted to fuck that guy. Like, genuinely. Yeah. And... Yeah, and I feel like Pamela, like, we were supposed to think that, like, both of the boys were attracted to her and she was attracted to them not, back. Not even that. In some way. Um, mm-hmm. To me, like, Pamela... It's more of the, like, it's a friend buddy, you know? Like, I don't think they're calling Pamela to talk to her about their days or whatever. Right. Or to, like, oh, I saw a snail on the road effervescent her, you know? Like, (laughs) I think she's someone they call when they need something for a job. And that's fine. Like, it's a fine relation to have to with Pamela. Yeah, yeah. She's a work friend. Just like Sam and Bobby. Like, yeah. Yeah, Dean and Bobby is like that's that's my dad, and Sam and Bobby is like that's my boss, dude. Like that's that's like a librarian that I. That's my manager. He's really mean to me sometimes. (laughs) No, exactly. But I don't know. Like I mean, obviously it's fine if Dean calls Pamela his friend. Like yeah, they they did go through shit or whatever. But you're right that Dean doesn't develop. That those what we typically think of as a friendship relationship with like anyone until we get to Charlie, yeah. I suppose. I would say yeah, Charlie yeah. is a friend, mm-hmm. although they also make it a point of being like, "Oh, Charlie's like my sister," which yeah, th- that mm-hmm. typical Dean. Does Sam have any yeah. friends? <laughs> Does Sam have any friends? Um, like he used to. He used to, like, yeah. He had like Stanford college friends, friends and that like, yeah, like we open with him having friends. He was friends with like that kid who got bullied in yeah after school special. He was friends with Brady. 
We haven't met Brady yet. When the hell are we gonna meet Brady? I've I don't even know who Brady is. Like I know Brady as like um, a college friend, but I only know him from like people who are like, oh my head canon for Brady is, and I have no idea what he is in canon. I'm so sorry. I know we're allegedly Sam girls, but like literally, it's no not one true. thinks that except for like Dean girls. <laughs> exactly. I mean, in the like, future, I feel like. Like, Him and Eileen were friends friend? before they yeah. were something. But, like, I think we would be called hypocrites for saying that because we're saying that Henriksen and Dean were not friends. But literally, Henriksen and Dean were not friends. Like, and Sam and yeah, Eileen I mean, were, like, calling yeah, each other Henriksen, and everything. Like, that's a different... Right. Yeah. Henriksen was trying to put them in, like, solitary confinement for the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah. Until, exactly. like, Until, like, 20 last, minutes before yeah. his death. Oh, uh, Rowena. Rowena's gonna be his friend. That's true, but also right? I think they should fuck her. But, but that's just me personally. Oh, yeah, I and mean, everybody. yeah, I mean, Sam and Eileen and Sam and Rowena were both, like, friends who should fuck her all. Yeah, but this is um, a, that doesn't mean they're not friends, I feel like. They're still yeah, friends. Yeah. They just also should fuck her Jody is Jody a friend? I think Jody is a friend. Although I don't really remember much of the Jody Sam and Dean relationship, yeah, mostly because I. I think that like most like the bulk of that happens in like Asa Fox, which is in season twelve, which is mm. the season where I kind of lost oh, my mind. Okay, Dean supposedly had his friend in the in Sin City, the guy with like the New York accent or the whatever. What the fuck is Sin City? We already watched uh, that, and I have no recollection of what Yeah, it in 304. Oh! I still have no idea. The the guy, the the guy with the, the New Yorker Boston or something accent. I oh. literally am I mean, U.S. American. Of, I should know this. <laughs> both of them, like, are kind of buddies with that guy, right? Well, no. Like, he was someone that Dean had done a solo hunt with in the past, but Sam had not met yet. Oh, okay. Is this the one, the guy with the, like, nice shirt? He talks about having a nice shirt. He's like, and this shirt's silk, bro, or something. Yeah. Good for him. Okay, that's, I mean, also, as I was saying, Dean also had another hunter buddy. The one in, like, just the good old uh, boys. What's Lee? that? Lee. Lee, Lee yeah. that guy? The one everybody thinks mm-hmm. he fucked. <laughs> Which yeah. doesn't really help our case. No, but like, th- th- that's a buddy. That's a friend. And you know who yeah. else is his friend? <laughs> We're already doing this again. It's Cass, baby. I think Cass is his friend. I mean, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sam and Cass are also friends. But yeah, I think- no, I mean, all of them are pretty bad at friends. And all, like, Dean especially likes to fit his friends into the, the family paradigm instead of the friend paradigm and also i don't know a lot of the people that he's close to he just seems to see as his responsibility rather than like a companion and i mean (laughs) they're being bad at friendship we see bleed over to jack when he literally (laughs) he makes friends with those kids and like kind of stabs one of them good for him (laughs) i miss jack already we haven't even met him in the podcast yet his ideas of friendship came from, like, Riverdale or something. I'm sure those kids <laughs> stab each other all the time. They're also, like, canonically in, like, a polyamorous, like, four-person relationship for a bit. Yeah, maybe he saw those, I'm... like, 
I don't know, those fucking The two lesbians and he was like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. We're all dating now? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. He was like, I know where this is going. They did it in Riverdale. (laughs) And what's that? The greater greater Boston polyamorous circle or whatever. That joke that we... Oh, the greater greater Seattle polycule, yeah. Exactly. He's He's going to enter the greater Seattle polycule. All right. Anyway, so, yeah, Dean says this line that doesn't really make that much sense. And Sam's still, you know, pushing, still like, okay, and then we do this, and then we do this. And Dean says that he's just getting tired. And Sam says, well, get angry, which I love. I I thought that was an interesting thing to say, because the next scene... Dean's angry. Yeah, they entered. <laughs> he the heard room that and advice, and he was and like, <laughs> "Yup, on it." Dean was like so angry, and the whole time Sam is kind of like trying to stop Dean from being like, uh-huh. Dean, don't be so mad." And it's like, this is the people that you're probably supposed to be angry with, like for fucking real. But like Sam doesn't think of it that way because Sam thinks that like the path to the apocalypse is what's killing their friends and so they need to stop the apocalypse but to dean right. it's like the angel's not You're helping putting us in danger yeah. yeah the angel's not helping is what's killing our friends and also i guess a big part of it is that dean had that conversation with Cass, where Cass explicitly said like we sent you to do this so yeah well okay sam's get angry is is fun to me. Just because, like... I don't know. I guess I had sort of forgotten how revenge-driven he's been for a long time. I mean, we saw him get quite revenge-driven at the end of season one. And then we saw Mystery Spot, which is sort of, like, a look into what his first few months after Dean's death were like. Maybe this fits into what Pamela was saying about the good intentions, but it's, like... I feel like we are, like, he's trying to kill Lilith to save the world, but I guess but he started trying to kill Lilith for revenge yeah. for Dean's yeah. death, right? Like, do you feel like that's still what's primarily motivating him now? Like, what what is he thinking? I wouldn't say it's number one motivation right now, but I'm sure it's it, like, helps that, like, oh, and she wronged me personally. Is saving the world his primary motivation, though? I don't know, because, like, I think about it, and it's, like, episode two is the reveal that the world is ending in some way, right? Like, that's when Mm. Cass said it, that, like, Lucifer is going to rise if we break all the seals or whatever. Yeah, Sam doesn't seem to, like, step it up at all, like... Uh, Yeah, and also, like, prior to that, he already was, like, having conversations with Ruby about, like, like, upping his, uh, you know, skills, and also, Mm. like... He did spend all of those months hunting down Lilith. Like, that's the reason why he got intimately involved with Ruby. Because of that journey mm-hmm. of getting to Lilith. Okay, like, season three, there was it was like the war on the demons. Because, like, they all got released from the gate. Yada yeah. yada. That is sort of dropped in season four. But it's like all the demons coming out of the gate is what makes it so that they're speeding along the apocalypse better. So I guess, like, it could just be a continuation of the war of season three. I think what happened there is, like, there's a there was, like, war between those demons, and then Lilith came on top. So, like, 
that was dropped because now it's like, oh, we have one specific target now. All of those demons have coalesced. Is that a term? It's coalesce. Coalesce yeah. means go together, right? They coalesced into being like under Lilith, right? Yeah, and then, mm. I mean, she engineered the Dean going to hell thing so that the first seal could be broken so that the apocalypse could happen. So, yeah, I guess it is all sort of the same thing, so it doesn't really mean that much that Sam didn't step it up after 402. But I don't think Sam knew that Dean was sent to hell to start the apocalypse. That's true. Sam doesn't know at the end of this episode either like does sam, yeah, I don't end think so. up, sam ends up knowing what the first seal is at some point right does he i i actually don't know i don't remember i don't remember okay yeah as they come in sam opens the lights and uriel and Cass is there and the way they are positioned is mm-hmm. like Cass is like kind of like the attack dog on the side that's like a little bit on the back facing like He's away quite from them. far on the back. Yeah, f- far on the back. Facing away from them, even. Uriel is the one doing all the talking. Uriel says, like, you are needed. And Dean gets upset with this. And Uriel starts doing the whole, like, okay, mind your tone with me. He acts pretty much the same way he has acted in the past. Although I do feel like now he is acting with more amusement than anything regarding Dean. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in the past, it's kind of like when Dean talks like this, he was kind of like a bit more offended, like genuinely. And then as the time progressed, like we see this with Anna too, with the Anna apps too. Like he's kind of just like, huh, look at you. Little, like this guy thinks he can talk to me like this. Yeah, Sam explains that they just got back from Pamela's funeral. And Dean's like, yeah, Pamela, do you remember her? And then he starts talking to Cass directly. He goes like, mm-hmm. you remember her, Cass, right? You burnt her eyes out. Yeah, he says she died trying to save one of your precious seals. So maybe stop pushing us around all the time. Uriel says, we raised you out of hell for a purpose. Which, I mean, Dean's been contemplating on this and... As like, again, as we've said, like this episode interfaces with that. But man, horrible. At some point, Cass goes, Dean, we know this is difficult to understand. And yeah. Uriel goes, and we? And like gives a pointed look at Cass and then faces back at Dean and goes, don't care. And like the look that is happening in this situation is like, Cass. Is looking at Dean, and then as Uriel says this, mm-hmm. just looks back ahead away from Dean. He turns around so he's like fully in profile and sort of tilts his head up like he's like trying to make himself into a statue. <laughs> exactly. And Dean notices this, and we linger on Dean noticing it. Because Uriel has said before that, like, see, he has this weakness. He likes you. The reason why I'm here instead of Cass is because, like, upstairs don't want him talking to you directly anymore because he, like, he's fond of you in some way. But, like, this is, I think, the first evidence we see of it being true to Dean. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, the reason why they're doing this whole bit where Uriel is doing the talking and Cass is just standing there and Uriel stopping Cass from saying that like this is because... Cass likes me, which does 
massively inform his decision to talk to Cass later by himself, I think. Mm. Uriel says that seven angels have been murdered from their garrison, him and Cass. Last one killed tonight. They think it's demons. Sam is like, if a demon can kill angels, how the hell are we gonna or how the hell are we supposed to fight it? And Uriel's like, oh, that's not what we need. We just need to find who it is. And Cass starts to move forward and starts talking. He says, we don't need to hunt down the demon. We already have a demon, Alistair. We just need him to speak. And as he's doing this, he's sort of like, he's trying to keep a very open expression and like make eye contact as he like sort of leads up to what they're going to ask of Dean. And like that coupled with the like, we know this is hard to understand thing is nice like he's like been observing and he's like i'm gonna try to take like the human stance the the whatever like making dean trust me stance to do this dean makes a comment that like oh it's it's going to be difficult to make alistair talk because that guy's like a black belter in torture have we already talked about how it's like we should it is actually weird how fast supernatural jumps to torture yeah like (laughs) yeah like, it's like, he won't talk. Okay, well, I know what the only logical next step is. I don't know. I mean, it's a common trope in, like, all media forever and ever. But, like, you know, like, confessions extracted under torture are not reliable, etc., etc. But Supernatural really likes to legitimize it as the only way to get monsters to talk. Yeah. And Uriel says... Yeah, and that's why we have come to his student. And you happen to be the most qualified interrogator we've got. And throughout this scene, we don't see, like, from here on onward until the very end when Dean gets teleported out, we don't see Sam at all. And Mm -hmm. it does frustrate me. The reveal that's happening here is that they're asking Dean to torture Alistair because Alistair... Is like the head torture of hell or whatever. And he uh-huh. taught Dean to do it. I understand that this is like important to Dean's journey or whatever. But I feel like it's also pretty important to Sam's important journey. To Sam's. Later, you know, he makes the argument that like Dean is not strong enough to do this. And I feel uh-huh. like if we are able to glean in this scene that like... Yeah. It's because Sam understands the implication of like... This is the guy who tortured Dean... And taught him to torture. So like, surely, this isn't just like, oh, I'm I'm like torturing a demon. This is like a personal thing. And he won't be mm-hmm. able to do it because it's a personal thing. I feel like yeah. that would inform Sam's mm-hmm. words more or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if for an episode yeah. that is like big on the Sam reveals, we get nothing mm-hmm. of Sam. But, like, it's fine because we also barely get anything of Dean, even though it's big on the Dean reveals. Again, like, this is not about them. This is not an about them episode. But I wish in this scene, it was, like, just one shot. Just one shot of Sam. Cass starts doing the convincing. You're our best hope. And Dean goes, nope, you can't ask me to do this, Cass. Not this. Dean loves to make it personal. (laughs) Yeah, he does. I mean, when's the first time he said Cass to Cass's face? Have we had that conversation? Uh, I remember it was during a time when we were really angry at Dean, so we couldn't appreciate it. No, 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 no. That's different. That's him saying that to Sam. Saying, like, 
But Cass said that you're doing something evil or whatever in Metamorphosis. But like to Cass's face, is this the first time? Oh, I can check. Okay, yeah, this is Dean's... Well, Dean's first cast was earlier when he was like, you burned Pamela's eyes out, remember? Yeah. And Sam calls cast cast to his face earlier than Dean does. When when this scene was happening, I did keep thinking, like... Because, like, the first cast event, the, like, oh, Pamela, you burned her eyes out, remember? It's before the... Dean, I know, we know this is difficult for you, or whatever, part... Which is the part where mm. Dean is like, oh, something's happening to Cass. I don't know, he starts doubling down on it after that part. He like just does it a lot this episode. I don't know, I yeah. think about this thought I had quite a while back where throughout a lot of the times Dean has made a plea to Cass over anything, it's always like a, because it's me he does it in in like season 8 with the goodbye stranger scene like he goes Cass it's me like that's the plea mm-hmm. I know you're in there I know you can hear me it's me and it's like no other argument is made other than it's me Cass when the angel tablet thing fell true and Dean is mad at Cass for it and he goes like oh you didn't trust me and then he repeats it. He goes, you didn't trust me. So like the whole point of that, oh, you ran away. The mad part isn't even that he lost the actual tablet. It's that he didn't trust Dean specifically. And like the man who would be king, he goes, I'm asking you not to just cuss. The implication there is like, because I'm the one asking and because I'm asking you to. Like, I'm just saying it. Which is what should make you not do it. I don't want to make it seem like this is like a conniving thing for Dean. But I do think, as you said, that like he thinks of the people he loves, people he thinks is important to him as like responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And part of that is like also thinking that their responsibility in the relationship is to like follow Dean in some way, you know? Mm-hmm. For Sam, we see this in that, oh, but, like, you shouldn't drink demon blood or whatever. You shouldn't go be with Ruby because I think it's a bad idea. Yeah, maybe I don't have, like, the data to back it up, but, like, I think, and therefore you should, with Cass, the moment he realized that Cass cares for him, that becomes the same argument with him, too. You care about me, and I think, and therefore you should... And I feel a little bit like this is the moment he realizes that this is something happening. That he can can tell Cass, like, but it's me, and I'm telling you this. Yeah, I don't really see that, but I like the reading. I don't really see it. I feel like it's too early for him to think that way. I think right now he's just straight up angry and scared. In, In this post that I made about it that I'm currently referencing I'll probably reblog it mm-hmm. I say that like in Lucifer Rising the last ep of this season like Dean argues to Cass like no we need to save the world if there's anything to die for it's this saving the world mm-hmm. and Cass was still like no 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 the moment he decides to turn around is when Dean goes we're done hmm. don't talk to me we're done yeah he does like Dean and to Dean it's like Oh, the core of the relationship is that Cass, is, Cass likes me and wow. will do things for me because of that. Because mm-hmm. I am the one asking. Again, like, 
Like, the tag I left on this post is, this is not Dean Crit. Like, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think it's just at the back of Dean's head. Like, this is the... This is one of the one of the thought processes that informs his decisions moving forward in this show. Uriel says, "Who says anything about asking?" Zaps Dean away, and like this is the only time we pan to Sam's face. Who gives the most overacted? Damn it! I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! Good for him. So we got to some like creepy old building where they're keeping Alistair. He's like chained up in a devil's trap and all that shit. Dean and Cass are watching him through the door. Dean just is not having it. He is trying to head out. As he walks past Uriel, Uriel stops him. And he says, angels are dying, boy. I love the way Uriel calls Dean boy. Like, he really does think that he's superior to all humans. And he's right. (laughs) Dean replies with, everybody's dying these days. Which, you know, continuation of earlier... He says, like, you know, I get that you can make me do whatevs, but, like, you cannot make me do this. You know, Cass tells him that it's too much to ask, but, like, we have to ask it. And then, like, Dean sort of... He makes some calculations, I think. And then he says that he wants to talk to Cass alone. And, I mean, currently it's, like, like, he's the weak point. I can get him to, like, let me go or whatever. I think later in the conversation, it becomes more of like a, I trust Cass to be the one to tell me how necessary this really is. And I'm not entirely sure when it switches, but interesting. I do find also that the moment, like, Yuria leaves, Dean starts joking. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's still a serious conversation, but like, I mean, he goes back he to starts, usual Dean He banter. jokes about the donuts while Yuria's leaving, so I don't think it's just yeah. that. But that's a different tone. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's saying it spitefully to Uriel. The moment he goes to Cass, it, like, becomes mm-hmm. a bit more friendlier, I suppose. So, Uriel says, I think I'll go seek revelation, which is Fun. a great way to refer to, like, listening in on Angel Radio or whatever. He's looking for further orders. And yeah, Dean says, well, get some donuts while you're out. You know, Uriel laughs, and he says, this one just won't quit, will he? I think I'm starting to like you, boy. Which is fun. Like, he likes how predictable Dean is, is what it is. And that's fun. I enjoy the way that familiarity can breed fondness, even if it's, like, begrudging or, like, mostly tinged with annoyance. I'm just sad that Uriel dies this episode. I want him back. I do, They bring too. so many people back, right? But, like, he doesn't ever? Do they bring angels back other than Cass? Gabriel doesn't- does Gabriel not die and then come back or something? Oh, yeah, Gabriel comes back. I need you. What the fuck? <laughs> no, I, I already said my savory elf is um, in mm. Tall Tales, and I was allegedly quite nice about it, so I'm not going to taint that experience. Right, when Uriel disappears, yeah, Dean makes some joke about how you guys don't walk enough, you're gonna get flabby. Cass doesn't laugh, and Dean's like, you know, I'm starting to think Junkless has a better sense of humor than you do. Maybe you didn't laugh because you're not funny. You're unfunny. <laughs> like, you're have we considered funny. that? 
Okay, so, like, just Uriel is called Junkless? Like, he thinks all other angels are fucking and sucking, it's just Uriel who's not? <laughs> like, what's the deal with that? Yeah, okay, and then we get, you know, the most important line that's ever happened in all of Supernatural, which is, Uriel's the funniest angel in the garrison. Ask anyone. He Wonderful. literally is the funniest angel in the garrison. But, like, everyone in the garrison is dead, so I guess it's not that much of a contest. <laughs> yeah, it's Cass or Uriel, and, you know, Cass pretty yeah. kill George, just like Sam Winchester. Mm-hmm. He does get funnier in the later seasons, I feel. Yeah. He develops a sense of humor that is so endearing. Yeah, I mean, he learns how to be funny from Dean. It's just that, like, because he's the one delivering the jokes, like, it's funny. And also because he's not misogynistic. He also is, like, I mean, I I don't want to be, like, oh, Cass is just, like, funny and that he's not intentionally funny. I do think he's intentionally funny sometimes. But mm. a lot of the, like, you know, like, when he goes into that to, like, cut off pestilence's Pestilence's hand or something. And they were like, how'd you get here? And he goes, I took the bus. Like, you know, that's like, he's just saying a fact. Like, he literally just took the bus, though, for fucking real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, I do think his humor is, like, very dead panway. Oh, I love Cass. Yeah. He gets, he does get funnier later. So Dean, like, sort of does something with his face to, like, switch into real talk mode. And then he... Walks closer to Cass and he's like, What's going on, Cass? Since when does Uriel put a leash on you? I feel like, yeah, the first what's going on, Cass, sort of, it seems like he is, he does sort of care and is sort of concerned, but then the second sentence sort of, I feel like, solidifies it as, like, he's trying to separate the two of them, like, put a obstacle between the two of them so that Cass is more willing to let Dean go. Again, like, I'm sure, like, Dean is subconsciously thinking this, but I don't think it's, like, the conscious thought. I mean, it's true, hmm. but, like, it's not the conscious thought. I think it's more of, like, he does genuinely believe that, like, he can change Cass's mind. If it was just Cass here, or if it was Cass who is, like, doing the negotiations with Dean, it would be easier. So, like, this question legitimately is, like... Why is Uriel the one talking to me? It should be you. And like, you know, the implied thought is because I'm sure you'll listen to me probably more than Uriel will. Cass says, my superiors have begun to question my sympathies. Who are, who are Cass's superiors? What is the chain of command? Because like, Anna was his boss, but like, she's gone. Who replaced her? I think Cass replaced her. Cass is now the head of the garrison. Okay. Yeah. So, like... Who was before Anna? Who was, like, on top of Anna before? I don't know, actually. But So, like, the general heaven command, maybe? I don't know. Dean asks your sympathies, and Cass says, I was getting too close to the humans in my charge. You. Crazy line. Crazy no, line. Okay. The, the the way this is delivered, like, he's looking at Dean directly. There's not, yeah, there's not a pause and there's no... between charge and you. Like, besides the amount of pause that you need for just a regular sentence. Like, he's not no. yeah. emphasizing it, and he's not, like, 
holding it back or something. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just feels so much about... It feels like how you can't feel shame for something that you don't have a name for yet. Exactly. This is just a statement of fact. It's not like a, a reveal of emotion. Like, re, you know, like to cast uh-huh. this is like... It's not something he is ashamed of. It's just... Oh, and that can be dangerous because it can lead to doubt. And like, you know, it's it's uh-huh. delivered in such a straightforward way. It's delivered in a way that is so... I'm just telling you, it's a statement. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Dean does seem a bit taken aback by this, though. Yeah. Do you think Dean understands that, like, this is, like, unique to Cass? I mean, because, like, the only three angels we've met at this point is Cass, Uriel, and Anna. Anna I mean, seems... Anna wanted to fuck him so bad. Yeah, Anna wanted to fuck him so bad. Uriel's an asshole to him. And Cass mm. is, like, seems like a reasonable guy sometimes. So, like, yeah. maybe Dean doesn't really comprehend that, like, the way Cass is interacting with him and talking to him is, like, weird. Like, this is weird for right. an angel to do with a human. Right, but, yeah, but now that, like, his superiors are being like, Cass, you're being, like, way too weird. This is when yeah. Dean's like, oh, this is different. Also, like, mm-hmm. the, I mentioned it looking straight ahead because mm-hmm. the rest of this line is, I was getting too close to the humans in my charge, Hugh. They feel I've begun to express emotion, the doorways to doubt. And then he turns and, like, looks mm-hmm. away in kind of like a, as you said earlier, like looking away and then like holding your chin up high, kind of like you're making yourself into a statue. He goes, mm-hmm. this can impair my judgment. I don't know. It gets to me that he, him saying like, oh, this can impair my judgment. And then turning away in that moment to look away from Dean and go back to his like stoic self that is like so closed off almost. Is like, mm-hmm. oh, and now what's happening right now is not impairing my judgment at all. Like telling you this, not impairing my judgment at all. This having mm-hmm. this conversation, not impairing my judgment at all. You know, because like th- that's kind of like the implication of the looking away to me. Yeah, like I'm just telling you this because you're asking. Like it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, again, like he treats it less like a statement of fact and not a reveal of emotion. Oh, Cass, your judgment will be so impaired, buddy. <sighs> For a man in jeans. I mean, Dean is sort of aware. Okay, like, it's... I like that, you know, he says that just emotions themselves are the doorways to doubt. That's just the issue right away. And, like, we already knew that in 410, because, like, Anna said that in heaven they can't have feelings, and they, like, have to be cold and, like, a marble statue and have only obedience, blah, 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 blah. But, like, it's nice to have that continued here. And, okay, another thing that Anna said in 410 that's, like, so crazy now that I think about it is that she said that we have to take the fact that, like, the orders that they get and stuff are from God. We have to take it on faith, which we're killed if we don't have. So, like, like the whole, like, you're getting too close to Dean, like, get away stuff. That's, like, step one of the, like, and then if you get to this point, we're just gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, as you said, Cass turns away again into his marble statue pose. Dean, he, like, circles around to talk to Cass, and you think that it's, like, to make Cass to make look Cass into his look eyes again? But, like, yeah. he doesn't. He continues through his circle, and now they're, like, standing so that Dean's looking at the door, his back to Cass. 
and Cass and, like, is like his shoulder yeah. An, yeah is like a 90 degree angle away so they're both like looking like like what like 270 degrees away from each other basically yeah and Cass is like by Dean's shoulder like a blurred out mm. division on his shoulder Oh, what if the angel on your shoulder is telling you to torture some guy? <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> Dean says, like, tell Uriel or whoever you do not want me doing this. Trust me. And Cass says, like, no, we don't want it, but I've been told that we need it. Oh, he's been told. So, like, he yeah. doesn't even know. But, like, Dean is still, like, starting to get convinced just by that, just by Cass being told. But also, I guess there's the interpretation that he kind of also wants to do the torture. Like, he doesn't, but he also does. Yeah. He tells Alistair later that he's been dreaming of it. So, I think that's part of what's going on here, I mean, too. Do you think that's true, or is, this, is that just torture talk? I don't know. I mean, he, he does get creative with it. That does imply some forethought. He does say that, like, when he was in hell, he liked it. Like, he, yeah. like, yeah. And, like, I guess here it's, like, he hates that he likes it. Like, mm-hmm. if you put me in there and then I realize that, like, I still do like it, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be real bad for everyone. Yeah, he says that if, like, he opens that door and walks through it, like, you will not like what walks back out. And then Cass says, like, you know, crazy line, crazy line. For what it's worth, I would give anything not to have you do this you just met the man what what does that mean Cass is like so taken by Dean yeah and I guess if like his like default state in heaven like while he's you know post all his mind wipes and stuff are just is like no emotion even if this is like not that much emotion it's like the only one he has I mean also there may be some form of protectiveness over Dean because that is a guy he raised out of perdition you know so Uh it's like I went through all that trouble to get that guy out of there and what we're just going to break him right and also he said that like what like his garrison did like laying siege to hell was to prevent Dean from breaking the first seal so like he probably spent like months or whatever fighting like just thinking like and I really don't want Dean to torture people so yeah, yeah. It it probably does feel cognitively dissonant to be like, yeah. and now we're telling him to torture people. I spent so long trying to get him to not torture people. So yeah, Dean closes his eyes, and then we cut inside the room because it's torture time. Yeah, they really will just do torture in Supernatural. <laughs> they really will. So we enter the room. Dean is wheeling in a cart, and Alistair is still there, tied up, chained up onto the, like, whatever that thing is. As Dean is walking, he starts singing a song, I think, called Cheek to Cheek, and, oh, this, like, that, like, singing really brings out, like, something in me. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's that's real bad. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I quite like it. I quite like it. He he actually does, like, deliver a bit of, uh, like, some lines later in a sing-songy manner, too. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And like, I think it really adds to the vibe, takes off the cloth off the cart. And it's a bunch of like rusty torture materials. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I was like, dude, yeah, you're going to torture this guy. And then what? You need to get a tetanus shot. <laughs> you're going to die of tetanus. <laughs> and he literally did. He literally did fucking die of tetanus. Yeah. No, that wasn't so. because of the rusty nail in that barn. That was just like the season four shit. Like, hasn't been healing him like all the time because of all the tetanus that he was getting from like this episode. And then finally, like, after Cass finally, like, fully, truly kicked it, like, it's over for Dean. The tetanus finally got him. It was a ticking time bomb. Like, Dean was gonna fall off tetanus at some point. And he did. (laughs) And Alistair, you know, is laughing, giggling, twirling his hair if he was able to reach it. He goes, oh, sorry. This is very serious, like, very emotional for you and everything. Yeah, but like, God, are they serious? Did they really send you to torture me? And yeah, Dean starts the whole like, tell me the name. Tell me who's killing the angels. And Alistair says, you think I'll see all your scary toys and spill my guts? And Dean goes, oh, you'll spill your guts one way or another. Which, I I remember this line. He goes, I don't, I just don't, I just didn't want to ruin my shoes. I remember this line. I mean, again, I remember this episode so well. It's not even an episode I frequently rewatch, but yeah. I don't know. They just start torturing the guy. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's nothing yeah. particularly important. It isn't even like worse than anything else we've seen on this show. But like we're yeah. just supposed to think it's worse. I do like the line when Alistair says, like, Oh, you think you can like get to me? You left part of yourself back in the pit and then he goes let's see if we can get the two of you back together again shall we implying that like what he left in the pit was like the part of him that was like the torturer and now Mm -hmm. like in this scene we're gonna get back dean back the connotation of like the words you left part of yourself back in the pit like sam uses it later he came Mm -hmm. back like missing or something as dean is like preparing his stuff alistair drops it like he also tortured John, which yeah. Dean does, like, here. And it does, like, I don't know, spark some interest in him. Right. Because John escaped and went to heaven at what the, the end fuck of season even? two. <laughs> Remember? What a weird-ass <laughs> season. Well, that scene was so... And they do, like, the, like, benevolent smile bullshit. Yeah. Hilarious. Right, while we were on hiatus and doing rubbish pod, Danica did ask me, like, what's the, like, ratio of, like, humans to, like, demons torturing people in hell? Like, there's no way that there's enough, like, humans in there for every demon to, like, get a go. I mean, some of them are crossroads. Some of them are crossroads. Okay, but, like, how many? Like, what is, what is the, like, job allocation in hell? Like, what percentage yeah. of the demons are primarily doing torturing? I mean, also, like, there's not gonna, there's not gonna be a lot of crossroads demons, I feel like. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're not super in demand. Yeah, not It's not a rising industry. I guess, like, some of them go on Earth and possess people and, like, kill people for funsies. But, like, yeah. it seems like, yeah. like, hell doesn't like them to get back up there because, like... You know, Meg's always been, like, it's such a pain, like, when I get exercised yeah. to, like, 
claw my way back up to Earth. Because isn't it like the ratio of like dead people to alive people is about like 14 to 1 or whatever, right? And I'm assuming most people break. Like, I don't think that there are people who like never ever I mean, some break. people also go to heaven. Sure, okay, but I'm just saying that overall, like, I'm saying, like, the... There's probably, like, 14 times more, like, demons than, like, humans in hell, approximately. Yeah. Is it just, like, 14 demons to one person and they, like, only have to do a torture session, like, bi-weekly? Like, <laughs> are they doing a they team? Do <laughs> Yeah, do some of the bro. torturers, they're like, oh, I'll let you practice torture on me, bro. Like, what? What's the... Yeah. What's this the deal like, there? You know, some of these, they're, they're just TAs. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Dean was a TA. <laughs> Dean was literally Alistair's TA. That's actually yeah. a very interesting question. I don't yeah. know. The hell economy is in shambles. <laughs> Unemployment sure is. is at the massive eye. R.I.P. Very sad that Dean couldn't just be one of the unemployed people down there. Like, those people are having a great time. Like, they're not being tortured. They're not torturing. They have demonic powers. Yeah, they're just probably, like, playing cards with each other. Like, good for them. We cut to the motel room in Cheyenne. We see Ruby again. Hi, Ruby. It's been a while. Genevieve Ortiz is still not a good actress. (laughs) But it's fine. It really isn't, though. But, you know, we live, we laugh, we love. You know, she doesn't really want to be here because there's angels around. And she also doesn't see why Sam needs to find Dean. Because, you know, it seems like it's a good plan. Everything's gonna work out. And Sam says he can't do it. And Ruby says, look, I get it. You don't want him going all torture master again. And Sam says, no, I mean, he can't do it. He can't get the job done. So funny for that. I do, I do like the way that Sam's rate of, like, progression into, like, arrogance or whatever is, like, faster than what Ruby anticipates. Like, she's still like, okay, and you're gonna be nice and you're gonna be like this. And Sam's like, no, I'm past that now. He says that something happened to Dean in hell and he's not what he used to be. He's not strong enough. Which is our first verbal confirmation of all the things that, like, Sam said in the Siren app. And that Dean has been insecure about. Like, it's true. He does think it. He does. Though, I, I still don't know why he thinks that... I guess more recently, Dean's been giving up. So for Elster, the thing that Dean left behind was, like, the torturer side of him. Yeah. Like, what does Sam think Dean has left behind? Like, his anger? Probably, like, his drive. Those things can be the same thing. Yeah. Right, Ruby asks, and you are? And Sam says, I will be. Uh, we're back to, you know, Dean doing the torture shit. Alistair's just trying to provoke Dean, uh, who hasn't started the torturing yet. And Alistair says that he was in charge of torturing John, and for a hundred years each time, he would ask John, if you become a torturer, I'll stop torturing you. But John said no every single time. I don't believe it. Like, I know that technically this must be the case because... If John had given up, like, you know, like, that would have been the righteous man breaking and the first seal would have broken. But, like, I just, I don't believe it. I think I do believe it because I do think John Winchester thinks himself 
a good man. To be above that, yeah. I mean, the only reason why he was able to to reason out, like, treating Sam and Dean the way he did it is because it's for a greater good. Like, I'm being a hero by doing this. Like, my mm-hmm. kid's suffering because I can't be there is actually me suffering because I can't be there for them, mm-hmm. which makes me a hero because I'm doing it to save the world, you know. And so right. I think this does fly for John Winchester's characterization to like hold out mm-hmm. and be like oh but i'm the one suffering and i am able to hold out that suffering because i feel like that's the same reasoning he has used for sam and dean even though i would argue and everyone would agree that you know sam and dean suffered more in those situations all right i can see that yeah alistair gives the iconic daddy's little girl he broke in 30 yeah just like us except we broke in like 29 or something do what people are we still? Do our people? We used to do two episodes per week, and then by like episode twenty nine, we quit that. And I oh. said in the podcast, like I I wanted us to quit in thirty because like just like Dean Winchester, but mm-hmm. yeah, alas, we had to do it now. Sad, devastating. Yeah, and Alistair calls Dean not the man your daddy wanted you to be, which Dean echoes at the end, and then. Dean, you know, picks up some holy water. Alistair's not impressed. Uh, but then Dean says, like, that in hell he dreamed and over and over he dreamt of being able to torture Alistair. And therefore, he has a few ideas. And he gets a, a needle and he fills it up with holy water. And then he walks over. And then we cut to outside where Cass is listening in and Alistair is screaming. Yeah, I do like the part that, like, you know, Alistair is just being like, oh, holy water, come on, Dean. And that, but, like, when Dean holds up that serum, she does actually look a bit, like, scared. Mm. Like, yeah, this is creative of Dean to do, I guess. Like, they didn't do it in hell. Also, I'm just so... I mean, every time it happens in Supernatural, I do have a bit of a laugh. But, like, the fact that they would just visualize holy water as, like, anything, any piece of, any, like, jug of water, mm. any tank of water with a rosary in it. And it's yeah. like, go, girl. I think you'd legitimately need a priest to bless that thing. <laughs> I'm sure that angels can do it. That's true. Maybe so. Why are the angels Catholic, though? Like, why are they using a rosary? Is a rosary know. a Catholic thing? I feel like it is. I think so. Yeah, because, like, isn't the whole point of, like, Protestantism, they don't do saints? I mean, not the whole point, but they don't do saints in that thing. So I assume they don't do Mama Mary. Rosary. Is it Catholic? Is holy water Catholic? No, it's, like, a different process for... every. I mean, you can have, like, holy water for literally, like, every religion. Like, it's just holy water okay but like catholic holy water specifically needs to be blessed by a priest okay so Mm -hmm. rosary is catholic i'm gonna look up holy water do protestants do that shit okay they don't do holy water okay so it is all catholicism oh they're like you know when you enter a church and you dip your hand in the holy water and you do the sign of the cross that's a catholic thing also apparently I mean, that makes sense. The sign of the cross is yeah, a Catholic Yeah, the sign of the cross is a Catholic thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it just Catholic? Because, like, only Catholics do exorcisms. Is that true? I, yeah, I feel like... I don't think that demons are 
very big in Protestantism, but also, like, I literally know nothing due to the atheism. So, I don't know. Okay, so Anglicans, um, Episcopal Church, like, they don't usually use, like, they don't use the term holy water, but they do use some kind of water for baptism. Okay. Dean tortures Alistair some more. There's a line where after, like, Dean pulls out the needle, like, Alistair goes, go directly to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And the thing is, if this was, like, literally anyone else, like, if this was any other demon saying this, I'll be like, that's so corny. I don't think you should be speaking like that. Whatever, whatever. But because it's Alistair, I'm like, it's fine. The line delivery is so good. Like, it just heavy lifts everything. And as you said, like, this, this scenes, not much really happens in them. Like, there's some reveals, but... The reveal is actually kind of like compressed towards the end. So not much is happening in the middle parts. But it's still very... It, like while you're watching it, it's still very interesting because of the acting. Back in the motel room, Ruby kind of like burns down this map while doing a little chant. Yeah, it's yeah, fun it's when she gets cool. to be a witch and her eyes yeah. turn black. What happens is it burns down the entire thing and leaves a little piece of it. And she goes, yeah, that's where, that's where Dean is. Yeah, and as Sam looks at this, he turns to Ruby and goes, Ruby, it's been weeks. I need it. How has it been weeks? Like, he could throw Alistair in 415. Like, I thought that they were, like, meeting up again, like, since... Chris Angel, has have they been meeting up and him not drinking her blood? Maybe, or like maybe it's been a while since they have met up. When was Chris Angel? That's true. Chris Angel was, was it like 4.13? No, that was after school. 4.12. 4.12. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, and right. He was calling Ruby in 4.14, but they didn't actually meet up. So yeah, perhaps it has been a while. Ruby says... You don't seem too happy about it. Is that an odd thing to say? I don't know. Uh, Never drank blood, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying, like, does it seem like she's, like, offended by it? Yeah. Is it, like, what's that supposed to mean? I mean, he doesn't seem too happy about it. (laughs) It's just an observational Well, okay. I think... I don't know. I think she's still, like, trying to get him to get over, like, the qualms that he has around the blood drinking. Okay, And also, I don't know, like, the blood drinking is mixed with sex. And, like, I'm not entirely sure what the sex means to either of them. Because, like, I feel it's mostly, like, for Ruby, I think it definitely started as just, like, it's easier to manipulate him now. But, like, I don't know if that it also like matters to her emotionally. I also don't know if it matters to Sam emotionally or if he's just doing it as a way to like somehow make the blood drinking seem less weird to himself. So like there there could be a reason to feel offended if you're equating the two with like blood drinking with having sex. But like are they having sex? Um I mean she straddles him and then kisses him. I don't know if they have sex after that yeah but like the act is definitely portrayed as sexual sexual yeah okay sam just goes like i mean i don't 
I, you think I want to do this? This is the last thing I. But I need to be strong. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it is interesting how Sam and Dean are both leaning into their dark side and like doing something that they like don't want to do but have to in order to get this information from Alistair. And I guess like both of their sets of actions are condemned by the narrative. At least, so at least that's nice. I think so. I mean, Anna comes in and she's like, this is terrible and God doesn't want this for the torturing. Yeah, but like, with Dean, I feel it's more like, doesn't want this because it'll be be a boo-boo for him. Like, he'll be sad about it. (laughs) You know? No, she also says it'll ruin the one real weapon you have, which makes it seem like there's like a... Oh, okay, you thought that that just meant like emotional hurt? Oh, I fully thought it was, like, Dean needs to remain morally pure to be Michael's vessel or some shit. But no, you're right. It probably is just, like, his feelings will be hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, like, completely different from, you know. Like, for Dean, it's, like, it's almost almost like a passive kind of thing. Right. Versus Sam's Fully actively doing torture. Like, Dean, both of them are being the exact same amount of active. But yeah, you're right. It's like, don't do this to Dean. Like, he's not making the choice himself, which he is. And for Sam, it's like, how dare he make this choice that he was manipulated into by Ruby a while ago also. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Ruby straddles his, like, lap, and then they kiss. Mm. And then... Ruby brings out the knife. Yeah, I mean, she starts with, like, it's okay, Sammy, you can have it. Which, yeah, I really like that she calls him Sammy. It's a fun Ruby thing. She slices, like, a little bit of her arm. And then Sam starts just slurping that shit. Yeah. He's slurping it. This whole time, like, we go to Ruby's face, and she has, like, a sick and twisted smile on her face. (laughs) And she's, like... Caressing Sam's hair and going, it's okay, Sam. Yeah. Like, literally, her smile is like that I yeah. was sicko, like, <laughs> like, comic or whatever that is. Yeah. Like, oh, what is it? I'm a sick bitch. I like freak sex. I don't know. I, I, I am, I am inclined to say it's like overacted. Mm-hmm. But like, I've, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being so, like, maybe she's just not directed well. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's something to discuss that, like, this is the manner by which Sam drinks the blood, but I don't know what to say. I'm sure, I I don't know. I'm sure there's a bunch of psychosexual literature out there I could reference if I bothered to read it. Does it feel, like, motherly? I think because, no. like, the, the vibe that Ruby is putting out is, like, comforting. That yeah. is, like, a way to see it. Because doesn't Mary stroke his hair in a similar fashion in, like... When? When the levee breaks. Oh, in his, like, fucking hallucinations or whatever. Yeah. I forget. I'm not sure. I think there is, there's something to be said about how Ruby, like, paints this as, like, she's trying to comfort Sam. Yeah. Because the way the... But it's okay, it's okay, Sammy, you can have it, is kind of like a this is something i can restrict like this is something i can not give you mm-hmm. but don't worry i always will you know that's kind yeah. of like the implication here with the it's okay it's okay mm-hmm. and yeah like ooh 
Poor Sam. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Sorry, it's, Sam. It's a lot. It's a lot. We go back to the torture room. Dean holds up a ruby's knife and ladles holy water onto it. Which is odd. Like, that's a metal blade. I don't know what <laughs> this is supposed to accomplish. Yeah. Like, there's going like to be a shit, tiny like little droplet. Like, what's happening here? I don't know. He goes to Alistair. Alistair's saying some shit, but, you know. He just stabs the guy? Yeah. They don't care about the vessels. Well, no, wait. How does this work? No, exactly, because the demon knife kills people. <laughs> so, like, if you slowly put that demon knife in, like, it won't kill the guy? Only well, when you do okay, it. Doesn't Alistair have some kind of an immunity to the demon knife in some way? Because, like, didn't they, like, stab him in the shoulder with it in, like, 409 and he was fine? And Cass stabs him with it again this time and he's fine. The implication with those is, like, if it's in a non-lethal position. Yeah, I don't I don't think Dean stabs Alistair in a lethal position here. It's like he stabs him in, abdomen. like, I'm pretty sure that's where your intestines are. Like, your large intestine is in there somewhere. Huh, maybe. But I guess you can survive an intestinal yeah. rupture for a while. But, yeah, he stabs the guy. As this is happening, we see, like, a pipe thing turn. What do you call this? What's, a, what's uh, that circular a pipe? Is it a faucet? It may or, or may not be a faucet. I don't know. Not, I don't know. What, who, what are the people who know what faucets are? Plumbers? Civil engineers? <laughs> plumbers, yeah. Plumbers. I'm not a plumber, unfortunately. Well, okay, so the point of the faucet is that it drips water oh, onto yeah. the devil's trap, which is about to, which, like, causes it to break eventually. However, Dean's been sloshing holy water all over the place. You're telling me that didn't erode any of the shock? Also, Alistair's been spitting blood everywhere. Yeah, the inside of that sigil would have been broken, like, earlier. Also, like, the moment Dean, like, wheeled in that cart, he the wheels go over the trap. <laughs> And, like, my immediate thought was, dude, you're going to break this jail. I'm pretty sure they can get, like, a a paintbrush and a can of paint. Cass, you got lazy. Is that what it is? (laughs) Step it up, dude. We go to Cass, like, in the fucking waiting area or whatever. Like, there's a light above him. Mm -hmm. And it starts flickering. And then it bursts. And yeah. Anna is behind him. Also, the, the position he was waiting in, he's sort of, like, braced over the table. Like, he's, like, bent yeah. over. He has both arms, hands on it. And it's, like, like the sounds of the torture really are affecting him. Like, he's upset or whatever. It's nice. Yeah. I love the, the fucking halo thing. Because, like, it is overcast. But, like, there's another one in front of it. So it looks like... Cass's halo is the one that's still up, and then, like, Anis is the one that bursts, which is pretty (laughs) fun. Oh, I love you, halo imagery. Anna's there. Cass goes, oh, Anna, like, before he turns around, which is pretty fun. Yeah, he can sense her, like, true form or whatever. Like, they've known each other for thousands or millions of years. Yeah, also, we just don't know what the fuck, like, sensation is like for angels. You know, can they see all around 360 degree? You know? Mm -hmm. 
He turns around, looks at her, and remarks that she's still in the same vessel, even though it, like, I don't know, probably exploded, destroyed. And Anna says, yeah, I guess I'm sentimental. And she goes, I called in some old favors. With who? Who the fuck is giving her favors? And also, how do vessels work? What favors give you this body back? Yeah, I don't know. Like, someone who somehow is able to heal the the ash pile that her vessel became? This happens to Cass, too. And it's still the same question. Like, who the fuck brought Cass back? And, like, the answer is God. So, like, is Anna, like, I don't know. Did God bring her back? What the fuck? I don't Is think that, that the God's favorite? one of her old favors because when she was two, she was screaming and crying about how he was going to kill her. Also, yeah, like, I'm pretty also- sure if she ran into God, she wouldn't be saying all this stuff about how God's abandoned yeah. them or whatever. Like a reaper, I don't know. probably? But, like, a reaper is responsible for souls. Yeah. Not bodies. Yeah. Although maybe a part of it is, like, she has become so entrenched in her... Right, body. that they were like that's her able now also. To, yeah, construct it from her soul. Yeah, it's not a vessel; it's a body now. Cass is just going like, "Yeah, you shouldn't be here." Anna is asking about Uriel, whatever, whatever. Anna asks, "Why are you letting Dean do this?" And Cass is like, "It's God's work." Anna goes like, "Oh yeah, God is telling you to." To make Dean torture that guy. Well, like, she says specifically him, torturing, that's God's work. Which makes it seem oh, like she's yeah, just that's different... against torture yeah. in general. But, like, I don't know if she is. I mean, we have no evidence that she's not against torturing in general. But, like, the show is not against torturing in general. So. Yeah. And then she goes, stop him, Cass. Before you ruin the one real weapon you have. Cass goes, who are we to question the will of God? And Anna then reveals the, yeah, but is it his will? And Cass is like, yeah, I mean, where else would the orders come from? I don't know, somebody else, but not God. I did get jump scared when they referred to God as him. I was (laughs) like, no! Oh, yeah, the, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I also got used to she, they, God on Good Omens. That was exactly. nice. It was nice. Yeah, and... I'm still so stuck on the, the, the supernatural stance on torture thing. I think there's a post about it that I read that will just reblog because I don't remember the details, but I think it was interesting. I think it's just the fact that, like, Dean does torture all the time, but they don't portray it as torture they portray it as i think the post says that a lot of what dean does is just portrayed as a cop interrogation room scene which they like the writers consider separate from torture whereas like this is actually torture and like the ways that they make the distinction just i don't know show ideological messiness with the writers Yeah. yeah i mean a supernatural first and foremost as a show written by many people. So, like, I don't know. Like, every single idea is interfaced with differently by every single person who writes for this show. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's I'm sure I could find course. a Ben Edlund episode where they torture, like, pretty fast, though. 
Like, sure, in yeah. The Man Who Would Be King, doesn't it open with, like, Bobby and Dean, like, with a demon Torturing a up? demon, yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, okay. Yeah, like, this is not, like, um, ruining Dean's psyche or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, also, when Cass asks, who are we to question the will of God, the shot turns wider and then we see that his hands are in his pockets, which I think is so cute. He's had this body for like a a week, a few weeks, and he's already developed nervous tics and defensive stances and all that shit. Good for him. Does Anna, does Anna meet Chuck ever? I don't think so. Does she know about Chuck eventually? She ought to, right? I don't know. Because it's... Okay. Because it's like... Okay, like, currently the supernatural stance is like, oh, like, God is good, but, like, heaven is evil. Like, maybe. But eventually it takes it to, like, no, God also, like, really fucking sucks. Yeah, Anna currently still does have faith in God just not in heaven. Yeah. And Uriel, I think, has a more reasonable belief in that yeah, heaven is that, like, God the gaff, which I think mm-hmm. is what's happening. Everything Uriel says later is, like, true it's and completely proven by true. the narrative yeah. later. And he gets fucking killed for it. Like, okay, yeah. slay, I suppose. Diva <laughs> down. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh... No, because I just saw it in the, like, George Santos posts. I think, <laughs> it, I think it's just a, a saying in ball culture, I think, but I, I don't okay. know. Yeah. Well, um... Uh, Anna tells Cass what you're feeling. It's called doubt. And then she goes to touch Cass's hand. And, like, holds it. Like, not just touch it, like, She's, like, trying to grab it, kind of. She goes, these orders are wrong, and you know it. But you can do the right thing. You're afraid, Cass. I was too. But together, we can still. And that's, like, what breaks Cass out of it. He goes, together. And then he yanks his hand away and goes, I'm nothing like you. You fell. Go. Yeah. And it does. I I really like... Okay, first up, like, the father you love. What does love look like if you can't have feelings and have it? Like, I guess love is Obey, just obedience. Yeah. Right. Put your but faith like, into blah, blah, blah. But, like, I feel like that's not what Anna's trying to say. Because I feel like Anna would not... Like, Anna means something else because, like, she understands love and all that shit because of her time as a human. I also love that she says, like, you think he'd ask this of you? Like, it's like... Like, it's almost like it, she's framing it like he would ask you to do something that hurts you so much. Yeah. Which, like, yeah. Again, like, reiterates that this is, like, personal for Cass and that it emotionally hurts him to see Dean do this. Which slaps. I'm so sad that we don't get Anna after season five. Because she's so yeah. interesting. Like, okay, like, okay, she got her grace and then she, like, went off, right? We don't really know what her goals are or what she's been doing since. 
she okay she came back because she wanted to protect dean and also because she thought that she could find an ally in Cass because she must be really lonely right now she just keeps being lonely right she never gets followers or friends or anything followers yeah. <laughs> just like on instagram <laughs> yeah just like on instagram the three of them uriel Anna, and Cass. They should have kept these three in some way. Yeah. Or, I don't know, just kept them longer. For me, the the person that interests me more is Uriel. In the mm-hmm. Uriel-Anna cast situation yeah. of right now. Because, like, again, like, he's right. Yeah. You know? Like, he's right. And, like, his reasoning of, like, why are we supposed to, like, be... To bow down to the humans. Like, why are we inferior to them? Like, I can see why he would think that. Like, obviously, like, Uriel is portrayed in the show as, like, he thinks he's better than humans. And his the argument he's making is, like, they're not better than us. I think, like, later in the show, they have Lucifer make the argument, like, actually say the words, like, and God, like, tried to make me bow down to the humans and that's why I fell or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that is a very interesting concept of like, mm. God has a new favorite show now. Quite yeah. literally. And we're just father for that show. Quite literally. Mm. And yeah, I feel like Uriel can have a lot of interesting journeys upon discovering that he is in fact right. It's true. Yeah. And, like, we need, I mean, we need both, like, Anna and Uriel because they sort of provide these two distinct Opposite, perspectives. Yeah. yeah, like, Anna thinks, like, not that humanity is better, but, like, you can learn something from them. She thinks humanity's better. Does she? She actually says that. Um, I mean, at least when Dean's asking her why she chose to fall, like, she, I mean, I guess not better, but, like, She'd rather be a human than an angel. Yeah, like she thinks there is more freedom to be who you're, who you are, like as yeah, a human. Yeah, she wants to have feelings and all that shit. Even though those same things you can experience as an angel, you just don't have the freedom to. Yeah, I mean, I think she seems to think that you can't experience them as an angel. So, like, yeah, but like you know, she understands that Cass is experiencing doubt. That's true. I don't know, like, both of them can have journeys regarding, like, can angels really experience this shit? What makes us different from humans? Are we really that different? And Is they it can so all important? God. Yeah, and they can all kill God about it. Yeah. <laughs> Would be nice. Unfortunately, it is not what happens in this show. Also, they have, like, so much history together. Like, yeah, every single conversation that, like, Cass and a- Anna have, Cass and Uriel, like, yeah. Uriel and Anna, the Uriel and Anna talk, whatever, but, like, uh, all of those relationships are implied to have so much history together, and it's, like, I don't know, what would it be like if, like, one of your closest buddies at work just goes, like, and now I will stand against everything I believe, which is, which are the things you believe, mm-hmm. and I think I'm right for it, so, like, obviously I think you're wrong for you. Like, what yeah. does that do to Cass, you know? And yeah. I'm sure it informs, like, Uriel's decision in some way. Um, like, Anna falling? Yeah, that, like, yeah. there's an yeah. angel who, like, rebelled. 
Yeah, and who wants to join humanity? Well, I'm not gonna, like, lose more people to this god propaganda. And we just, we get, like, very few glimpses of that. And I would like to know more of their history. I I would like a flashback episode. For real. Wishlist. Supernatural season 16. (laughs) Season 16. Back in the torture room, Alistair finally... Is about to reveal some information, but Dean just pours a bunch of salt down his throat. This is like the scene that I was like, yeah, maybe Dean is like doing this because he likes it. Because like, Mm. I don't know. I feel like doing the salt down the throat thing, it's like, you're going to prevent this guy from being able to communicate with you. Alistair finally says that John was supposed to be the one to bring it on. Dean doesn't know what he's talking about. Alistair says that the first time that Dean started torturing, that was the first seal broken. Oh, also he calls it the first time you sliced into that weeping bitch. Of course the first person Dean tortured was a woman. Seems correct. Dean does not want to believe this. And Alistair quotes from I don't know where, and it is written that the first seal shall be broken when a righteous man sheds blood in hell. As he breaks, so shall it break. You're telling me not a single other righteous man has shed blood in hell? What is a righteous man? Like, wh- I, how do we define that thing? I don't know. Some some people have defined it as someone who, like, sacrifices themselves by a crossroads deal. I'm like, sure. Like, that guy was like... And I was gonna sacrifice myself for my wife who had cancer. Or yeah, whatever, like, like, yeah, I don't think nobody his pain else? tolerance was that high. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure he, he broke too. No, I mean, did that guy die? I don't think so. I forgot. Did they save him? I think they did. They only let the black guy die. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember having yeah. issues with that. I don't, I'm sure there have been other people. I guess... I feel like Supernatural just thinks that, like, people can withstand more torture than they can. Like, I feel like Supernatural thinks that some people don't break ever, and I don't think that's possible. Another idea that I have read around is that a righteous man is, like, someone who could be Michael's vessel. And that's Hmm. why it's, like, Oh, it was John John, that was supposed to be Okay. Okay, I see it. I believe it. None of John's relatives went yeah. to hell. Maybe I'm sure they I did. Isn't his dad like a man of leather or something? Oh, and so he would go to heaven because supernatural supports indiscriminately killing monsters. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it is interesting that the camp bills are the Lucifers and then the mm. the Winchesters are the Michaels. Yeah. Is that true? Or is it like, no, and the true. combination of them will result to the brothers who are the Michael and the Lucifer? No, no, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the Campbells and the Winchesters. Okay, okay. Because they were brought together on purpose so that, yeah, you'd have two brothers who could house Michael and Lucifer. I think that could be like a good way to look at it. That's just, it's going to just be the Winchesters. And then at this point, it was just John and Dean. And John didn't mm-hmm. break. Okay, I can see it. Dean is upset at this. And Alistair also clarifies that, like, you have to break the first seal before you break the rest of them. So, 
when the apocalypse happens, it'll all be Dean's fault. And Alistair says, Believe me, son, I wouldn't lie about this. It's kind of a religious sort of thing with me, which I really like. I really like. I like when it too. The I like it have, too. Have like a religion around the apocalypse. I like applying it to Sam Ruby. I like applying it to everything. It's great. And I love it. Yeah. And the fact that this is like so sacred that it would like I don't know. It's it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I'm glad Alistair dies this episode because I don't know. I feel like it does lend to like the validity of Sam's power that like he's able to kill Alistair mm. specifically also I just feel like the gimmick that they have with Alistair probably would have gotten old if we had him yeah like the reason why he's so iconic is because he dies this episode mm-hmm. but fun stuff fun thing they have going with Alistair Dean says I don't think you are lying but even if the demons do win you won't be there to see it so he is playing just fully kill Alistair. He is no longer focused on the, the torture him for information plan. I think you're right. Yeah. Like, this is just him getting revenge at this point. But, you know, Alistair has gotten out of the trap, out of the chains, and he punches Dean. I still can't stop laughing every time there's a punch fight in Supernatural. Like, this is supposed to be a big, serious thing, and you're just, like, doing a bar fight but with like no. cooler lighting for real like Cass is like notoriously bad at fist fights like he looks goofy yeah like apparently they like laughed at Misha Collins on set when he first punched someone in this episode because it looked goofy as hell and like I believe it because Cass does look goofy as hell when he fights he does I just can't. He's he just so do bad the at throwing combat. Like he's so bad at it. Across the room thing. Like he doesn't touch anything. Like this whole episode, can he just like air fight people? He's cute though. He does a little twirly twirly later. Oh yeah, know. he is cute. So Dean on his knees. Is he on his knees yet? He is about to be, but he's just bloodied up, and Alistair's punching him and punching him. There's this. Um, part where he gets like lifted off the ground by his throat mm. and like the and Alistair's thumb is like really digging into the hollow of his neck and mm. he goes you've you got a lot to learn boy so I'll see you back in class bright and early Monday morning oh it's a it's so fun yeah and like I, all I keep thinking of is like that thing you always say. Where here you go? It's a you're a pleasure to have in class. And literally, like Alistair is going, you're a pleasure to have in class, Dean. Yeah. Apparently, actually, I'm not sure if this is true. We may be spreading misinformation. Beware. But like, apparently, okay. the scene is like Jensen like was actually lifted by the neck Ow. in this way. Yeah, and like. I don't know, he said something like, I trust the actor to not hurt me. Um, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. trust anyone to lift me by the neck. Well, okay, you go, girl. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. Maybe Alistair's actor has, like, a lot of training in these things. Yeah. But that is, still, like, you still are legitimately being lifted by the I mean, I don't yeah. know. I mean, they'll do anything to these. Maybe after, like, having the, like, 10,000 bees sicked on you, like, 
Your standards for workplace safety are just shit. Alistair gets disrupted by Cass. Cass shoves a knife into his shoulder. Very bad aim, Cass. You should have just gone straight to the heart. What the fuck are you doing? Also, I have a question. You need to get fucking stabbed with this thing. Like, if you slit someone's throat with Ruby's knife, and someone happens to be a demon, it should kill them. I think But, like, it seems to be, like, a... You need to, like, get that thing in there, and it needs to, like, electrocute uh, visual effects to kill you. True. I have no clue, man. I don't know. The knife, like, does the flickering thing, but it doesn't fully... It doesn't even seem to hurt him, like, at all. And Alistair's mm-hmm. like, well, would you look at that? Like, God's on my side today. And Cass, who has taken a couple steps back, lifts his hand and then does, like, a turning motion with it. And the knife is, like, twisting on Alistair's shoulder. But Alistair's like, yeah, a bit painful, but he just pulls the knife out. And it does, like, have some resistance from Cass's, I don't know, telekinetic powers, probably. But eventually, he tosses that that knife away. And then they start to fight in the goofiest (laughs) way. I mean, like, Alistair is fine. Alistair is fine. Like, I feel like this actor good at, like, you know, his stunts or whatever. Cass does look so fucking goofy. I mean, I don't know. I keep on thinking to myself, like, he's getting used to his body. You know, he's not used to. And maybe he is. And that's why he's so bad at throwing punches. I do love how every single time we see Cass like throw a punch, it cuts to an angle that like hides it. <laughs> like hides like Misha Collins, you know? He gets thrown into a wall eventually. There's blood dripping down on the side of his head. He looks so handsome. There's a rebar on that wall. Is there? Yeah, he gets stabbed into it. There's like a sound of him being impaled on the rebar and it's not not it's not just stabbed too he gets like hooked he gets impaled on it and then like alistair like kind of like lifts him up and then pulls him down as if like you're putting a coat on a hook which Hmm. is pretty fun pretty fun visual alistair says like oh you roaches you're like roaches you celestials but it's unfortunate i don't know how to kill you but i can just send you back to heaven which is fun. You can exercise angels. That's yeah. fine. I feel like we don't you really utilize this a lot the same way we don't utilize angel I demon exorcism in the future. It's just there's like sigils to do that now for angels and for demons you just kill them, they don't give a fuck. Alistair starts chanting something. Light starts kind of like pouring out of Cass's eyes and mouth. And, like, it's a different thing than the demon smoke. Because that shit is smoke. And you can, like, actually see the smoke moving out. Mm. This is just, like, a bright light. Suddenly, Alistair is, like, choking. And then gets stabbed to a wall. Sam with the steel chair. Sam Winchester. He's here. It's quite funny that it's, like, it's Dean's turn. Oh, no, he's about to die. It's Cass's turn. Oh, no, he's about to die. It's Sam's turn. Finally, this works. Alistair is just fucking pinned up to the wall. And Sam starts interrogating. Where's the angels? Who's murdering the angels? How are they doing it? And Alistair's like, oh, you think I'm going to tell you? And Sam's like, yes, I do. And he twists his hand, 
Is it the same way that like Cass twists his hand for the knife? I thought that was fun. And then we bring back the Alistair eye roll to White, which I I quite like because like mm. it seems like an unconscious thing, you know. He's not on purpose doing that, and it just goes to show how much more Sam is torturing this guy effectively, because like Dean wasn't able to do that. Mm-hmm. Alistair says it's not us. We're not killing the angels. I don't know who is. Al- Alistair is like, okay, well, send me back to hell if you can. And Sam says, no, I'm stronger than that now. Now I can kill. And then he holds up his hand, closes his eyes, and then Alistair dies. Yeah. He fucking dies. He's so dead. So you're gonna talk about how Cass looks in this scene? Oh, yeah. This entire scene, Cass is like, when he slumps down and then he finally stands up, he's just looking in between like Sam and Alistair. He's just like following the conversation. Because Sam is like screaming in this part, kind of. He's like mm-hmm. demanding answers in a way that's like quite forceful, you know. Mm-hmm. And the moment he twists his hand even more to hurt Alistair even more, Sam goes from looking at Alistair to doing a slow head turn towards Sam. Kind of like in disbelief. Like, I don't think anyone expected Sam to have this much power. Mm. Is the implication. I don't know, it's just interesting. Because, like, Ruby didn't expect Sam to be as, like, gun-ho as he is right now, Mm -hmm. for example. And, like, Cass knows that Sam is doing something, but... Not to this extent. To yeah, he exceeds expectations. Does Cassie know Sam is doing something? Four hundred three was like, "Stop your brother! Stop doing this." Four hundred seven, Uriel pulls Sam aside and is like, "Stop doing this." But like when Cass comes by in four fifteen, he doesn't say anything about Sam. Like he might think that Sam has ceased his extracurricular activities, but I feel like he'd know. Maybe. Also, okay, so these were orders from their higher-ups that they're getting to, like, not let Sam power up. And the idea... Because Heaven wants the apocalypse, right? Cass doesn't fully know the extent of the plan with, like, the Michael Vessel and all that yet, I'm assuming. But, okay, Heaven's strat is just, like, we, we need Sam to be powerful enough to raise Lucifer so we can have the battle, but, like... We want him just on, like, the edge of that so that Lucifer's vessel isn't that powerful in the battle against Michael. Like, what's the what's the strat up there? I don't know. Okay. Whatevs. We'll find out, I suppose. Or maybe we won't. <laughs> or maybe we won't due to how yeah. show's badly written. <laughs> so, we cut to the hospital. Dean's there. And Sam sits next to him. He looks all, like, young and innocent and scared again, which is, it's nice to see. It's nice to see him care. Cass sort of pokes his head in and then keeps walking, but Sam follows him out and demands Cass to get in there and heal him. Miracle. Now. Cass says, no, I can't. Yeah. Why? Why? He just got punched in the face. What, like, is a demonic punch, like, (laughs) special? I, like, can you heal, like, a regular guy punch, but the demonic punch a bit too much? I th- Is Cass just on, like, a... Does he just have a no healing allowed? 
rule that he's under right now? Perhaps. Like, he'll Maybe come he's and like save in their scrutiny. lives. Yeah, yeah, so that would, yeah, because they'd be like, that's not necessary. And, like, we're already suspicious of how much you care about Dean. Like, that's a weird thing to do, Cass. Yeah, but, like, they literally did cost Dean. They're like, this is their fault. Yeah. But I suppose they already got the info. And, like, yeah. Alistair's dead, so it's not like they need Dean for more stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sam is very angry because he says, You and Uriel put him in there because you can't keep a simple devil's trap together. Cass, he starts out, like, he sounds sort of angry on the, like, I don't know what happened, that trap. And then he sort of, like, stops and looks away and, like, softens a little and then goes, it shouldn't have broken. I am sorry. Which is nice. Sam's still angry about how all this was pointless because the demons aren't doing this. And Cass says perhaps Alistair was lying and Sam says no, he wasn't. And... Cass does believe this. Like, later when he reports to Uriel, he goes, like, Sam Winchester said that, like, the demons weren't doing it. So, it's nice that he does have this trust in Sam. I don't know, because, like, the whole, like, Sam has these powers, Sam can kill demons thing. Like, they were, like, against it because they were, like, it's going to make him more demonic or whatever the fuck. But, like, it's nice that he does still have this trust in Sam despite all that. We cut to a park outside. Why? Is there, like, a significance to these these benches at children's playgrounds in Supernatural? I don't know, but the gate to heaven later does end up being, like, a fucking oh, playground. playground. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's fun. So Uriel's there on the park bench. He's... I mean, he's trying to do his community theater acting thing <laughs> and not doing so a very good job. <laughs> yeah. Uriel is the funniest angel in the garrison. He the really worst, is. Like, thespian <laughs> in all of the history. At what point does Cass suspect him? Do we know? What do you mean? At what point is Cass like, I think Uriel's the one who's killing the angels? Because, like, he does know once he's, like, there and he inspects the devil's trap. But, like, is he suspicious, like, right now already? Huh. I don't think there's anything in the Anna conversation that would lead him to suspect okay but i don't think it's now i think it's between the anna conversation okay so everything Cass is saying right now where we should take I think it's genuine. his genuine belief and not like yeah an attempt to like trick uriel or anything okay cool so yeah uriel's being so funny he's like cassiel i received revelation from our superiors our brothers and sisters are dying and they and he does some gesture with his hands, I think, which is, like, quite unnatural looking. And he goes, they want us to stop hunting the demon responsible. He's great. I love this guy. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, this is the, like, this is the most emotion he's ever shown in his entire life. And he thinks that this is, like, that this will get cast. He'll be like, this is my old pal Uriel acting normal. <laughs> Uh, and he says, something is wrong up there. I mean, can you feel it? And yeah, Cass says that I don't think a demon did this because that's what Sam said. And Uriel's like, if not the demons, what could it be? <laughs> God bless. Amazing. Cass says that it is the will of 
heaven. He thinks that because they're failing and losing the war, the garrison is being punished. So is the will of heaven different than, that's different than like our superiors are doing it. Like our individual superiors are doing it. It's like, this is what like, God? (sighs) This is divine retribution, yeah. Yeah. From God himself, yeah. But then Uriel goes, you think our father would, and Cass says, I think maybe our father isn't giving the orders anymore. So, like, is the is it divine retribution, or is it just, like, I think one of our superiors is doing it? I don't know. Hard to tell. What a sad thing to think, though. Yeah. Yeah, when Cass says, I think maybe our father isn't giving the orders anymore, he literally said, I'm not Anna, but I believe in her beliefs. For real. You, yeah. Like, do you think he had thought that before Anna showed up? I mean, he expressed doubt in 407 already. But I like, mean, the thing is, like, his argument mm-hmm. of, like, I'm not like you, it's like, you fell. I don't know. I feel like the argument really isn't, like, I don't believe in what you believe. It's that I believe it in a far superior way than you do. <laughs> yeah, also the thing about, like, falling is that that was, like, Anna's... Anna chose to Anna's do choice. that. It's not she, like she something that, that happens yeah. to an angel that disobeys. That doesn't ha- just happen to angels that disobey. So, like, yeah. he thinks he's better than Anna because she chose to stop being an angel? Yeah, I suppose. Although they don't paint it like that. Yeah. I mean, Cass, Cass is gonna, be, gonna say, I don't serve men. I certainly don't serve you. So I think that he he does still have, like, an angel superiority thing going on. But he also, like, mm-hmm. values humans because they're God's, like, creation and it's blasphemous to say bad things about them. But, like, yeah, he still, he still wants to be separate from them in some ways. Uriel says, well, I won't wait to be gutted. And then he goes, what are we supposed to, what is he communicating to Cass with, I won't wait to be gutted? Because later when he comes in... He's like, are you going to join me in my fight? So, like, his, I won't wait to be gutted. Like, I'm going up to heaven to, like, stab the superiors that are killing our garrison. I don't actually know. Is it, like, maybe, like... No, but, like, at this point, he's saying, like, he doesn't believe that it's heaven. Like, he's trying to tell Cass, like, oh, heaven's not killing the angels. But then he goes to, there's something wrong up there. Can you feel it? I mean, I think the implication here is that I'm going to keep looking for that demon. But yeah, but then like when he like, falls the, apart. The, yeah, the next conversation he has with Cass just like straight up just like opens with like, "Will you join me though?" Which like implies that Cass should know already what Uriel's goals are, like his teams, whatever things. His themes and motifs. Yeah. Yeah. Cassiel should have read a character analysis of Uriel already <laughs> at this point. Yeah. On Shmoop, even. <laughs> God. Fuck that website. Well, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. But also yeah. fuck that website. <laughs> it's helpful to some people. We go to Cass standing under, like, a streetlight on just mm-hmm. just a road, really. Mm-hmm. And he say, Anna, Anna, please. The streetlight above him flickers. He looks up, and then Anna's behind him. And Anna says, like, oh, what, have you decided to kill me after all? And Cass says, I'm alone. I'm considering these obedience. Okay, like, great line solo. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is the order that you're currently considering disobeying Cass? Like, 
you did the thing already. Like, you're not under an order right now. What are you disobeying? The order, the order is to stop hunting the The, fucking demon. Yeah. Which, like, you're already down for because you don't think there is a demon. What is he? Or maybe this is like a bigger. It's like a yeah. I think it's like a general thing. I'm just I'm not sure. What, okay, if this is a general thing, it's like what like okay like I made Dean torture. I didn't like that. So now I'm considering that future orders from heaven may also be wrong. Yeah. Sure. Perhaps. Okay. Yeah, I just wish this yeah. was placed at a, a place in the episode where it made more sense as a sentence. Also, it's like, we do learn later that the order isn't from heaven. Uriel did that shit. So, I don't know. Mm. Maybe next episode we'll figure out more on how that pans out for Cass. Anna says, good! Fuck and yeah. Cass says, no it isn't. For the first time, I feel... Oh god. And I mean, everybody knows what these fucking lines are. Because yeah. it's just everywhere. Everything everywhere all at once. It's just these lines. But the I feel really isn't I feel period. It's I feel. And he yeah. doesn't have a word for it. Yeah, he doesn't know what it is. He doesn't, he can't say it. Because he doesn't, he probably doesn't know what it is. But what is it? Is it fear? I think it's doubt. I mean, I, but he was able doubt, to say doubt in four oh seven. I don't know. Probably like it's the feeling of like, but I know better. Is mm. that? I think that's different from doubt. Yeah. Anna says it gets worse. Choosing your own course of action is confusing, terrifying. She puts her hand on Cass's shoulder, and he like looks at it. We don't actually see him like look at it. I mean, yeah. we do, but, like, it's no, more far away. he just sort away. of turns his face down towards it, yeah. But she, like, apparently gets super offended by this. And she's like, that's right, you're too good for my help. I'm just trash, a walking blasphemy. And she turns away. And I don't understand why that was the one. But, like, I suppose the last time she did touch Cass, it was like, she he did, like, yeah, shove her away, away for it. She starts walking away. Cass goes, Anna... I don't know what to do. Please tell me what to do. Ah! And she says, like the old days? No, I'm sorry. It's time to think for yourself. Yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this in our Good Omens podcast, Rubbish <laughs> and Probably a Podcast. But like, the tendency when you are ridding yourself of a force that has, you know, dictated much of your existence... Mm-hmm. Is to find another force that will dictate yeah. your existence. Uh-huh. And hope that this one is better and hope this one aligns more with your wants and needs and values and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is begging her to be God, basically. To be, yeah, to be the new God. To be the yeah. new person to tell him yeah. what is right and what is yeah. wrong and what to do and what not to do. Yeah, and she and tells she him it's time to leave the garden. And they don't even, like, interact substantially, like, after this episode, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to see them talk. Like, especially later yeah. seasons, cast. like, hey, look where I am now, thank you. He's healing babies in the park and everything. I, I wish Anna was the one who stayed on. I do feel more of an attachment to Cass's story right now. Just because it's more of a journey rather than Anna who 
feels like she has already reached the destination. Yeah, but I feel like she still has more places to go. Of course, yeah. I think she does too. It's just Supernatural's mm. a terrible, a misogynistic show. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. Unfortunately, I love this because every single time Cass is left alone, we mm. ban out like in the in mm-hmm. the fucking like in the playground. Yeah, when Uriel leaves, we pan out, and like it's just this little angel surrounded by the everything. Mm-hmm. And then here, when Anna leaves, we pan out, and it's just cast under that lamp, surrounded mm-hmm. by the everything. Yeah, Cass's physicality is so important to me because, like, it's not him, but like it's him also, you know. Yeah, like he is bigger than this, but also he is this. And I think that's, it's so nice. It's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Having him be like small in the frame really, really like accentuates those ideas, I feel. Yeah. Cass goes back to the like fucking torture chamber. And he's kneeling down in front of the little divot in the devil trap that has let Alistair escape. He notices the faucet. He stops it with his hand telekinetically. Yeah. We also get some fun shots of him looking up, like, all the way up. Yeah! Of it's course. very good. And, yeah, Uriel's there. Apparently, Cass called him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at this point, it's like, for sure Cass knows already. Yeah. Uriel asks, like, okay, what do you say, Cassia? Will you join me? Will you fight with me? And Cass goes, strange... Strange how a leap key pipe can undo the work of angels when we ourselves are supposed to be the agents of fate. What does that mean? Like that coincidences and accidents and mistakes just shouldn't happen to angels? Yeah, I think. Like we would have considered all possibilities. I considered all possibilities. So how did this happen? Yeah. I mean, later he says like, I made it myself. This shouldn't have happened. I think part of it is that, like, Agents of Fate is in, like, it was always meant to go this way. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it didn't is, like, that's going against my very being as an angel. Because, like, mm-hmm. I made it have to go this way. And then it didn't. So something must have changed that was also done by an angel. Interesting. Yeah. And Cass goes, you know. No demon can overpower the trap. I made it myself. We've been friends for a long time, Uriel. Fought by each other's side, served together away from home. For what seems like forever. We're brothers, Uriel. Pay me that respect. Tell me the truth. Flashback episode, please. I know. Also, like, in season... When did we first get corporate angelhood? I think that's in season six, right? Probs. But here, it's it's less that. And I think most of it is that the angels we see are less corporate. Like, Zachariah later on seems to be, like, the office guy yeah. of the team. But, like, Uriel and Cass and Anna are not office workers of heaven. They're the door-to-door salesmen of heaven, you know? <laughs> like, they're out there on the road. I don't know. I think it's so interesting that the angels that we do see are not in their, like, quote, not natural habitat, you know? Mm-hmm. They exist, they currently exist outside of that. And, like, the idea of, like, 
away from home, like away from heaven. Oh, Cass, for what seems like forever, even. Mm-hmm. If if you have been away from heaven that long, would it still even feel like home? In season six, we see Cass in heaven, but he didn't seem particularly at home in heaven. Yeah. He was in that guy's heaven for a while, like a specific yeah. cell in heaven, specific room in it. But it wasn't like home. He just liked it. I don't think there's a part in Supernatural where I would ever say Cass was like solidly at home. It would be nice if he did. Like, you know, in season 14, Dean says like, like we live here. This is our home. Like we yeah. live with an angel, a half angel and the two of us. I don't know. The the show seems to want us to believe that Cass thinks of the bunker as home. Yeah. But I'm not particularly convinced, yeah. I would say. I suppose for Cass here, it's like, you know, less about the place and more of the people you spend all of that time with. Mm-hmm. And Uriel is like his brother because they have spent that long together. And Uriel says, the truth is, the only thing that can kill an angel... And then a blade slips out of his sleeve. And he goes, it's another angel. This is our first angel, angel blade. blade. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. Fun stuff. Big fan. I love that they keep it up their sleeves. And mm-hmm. I love that they keep this detail for five ever. Like, it's never changed. Yeah. What, how does that even work? They just um, have a blade compartment. Theories that they're like the physical manifestation of their grace. Mm, so it's like they they like they form fucking it. summon it from the ether. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's fine. I mean, I don't. Doesn't Dean just have one that he uses? Yeah. They yeah. steal it from like angels who are dead. Yeah. They also have like an archangel blade, which is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Get a bigger gun or a bigger knife. Castiel. He goes, you, Uriel did all that shit. And Uriel starts calling Cass Cass, which I think is quite fun. Because the implication of the name, everybody to Helen Beck has said this already. Oh, the removing the of God part. Yeah. Yeah, he is telling Cass to like turn away from heaven and raise Lucifer with him. So yeah. And it's also just like a... Maybe it's a mocking thing, maybe it's a familiarity thing, but I'm a fan. So yeah, he says that Alistair should never have been taken alive. Really inconvenient, Cass. And yeah, he says that the plan was for Alistair to kill Dean and to escape, and then for Cass to keep on, like, hunting down demons. And Cass says, for the murders of our kin? And Uriel says, not murders, Castiel, no. My work is conversion. Very fun. I love when religion, the way that Uriel uses religious language, like receive revelation for angel radio, conversion for this, and then they kill him and no one else talks cool ever again, all supernatural. He goes, how long have we waited here? How long have we played this game by rules that make no sense? He's literally right. He's literally correct. Yeah. Like, these are the questions everyone is asking. Like, Anna and Cass have been asking these questions, too. But, like, the thing is, Supernatural is a very human-centric show. Yeah. So, like, the moment someone is asks the same questions and comes to the conclusion of, but, like, I don't really give a shit about the humans. Yeah. It's like, it's over. 
Yeah, it is indeed. They have to drama. have these questions and be like, and humanity is the answer to all of our woes. Uh, annoying uh, as fuck. Annoying as fuck. Yeah, Cass says, it is our father's world, Uriel. Cass, you literally, like, five minutes ago were like, God's not giving the orders anymore. Like, get over yourself. Uriel says, our father? He stopped being that if he ever was the moment he created them. Humanity, his favorites, this whining, puking larva. He's so cool. He's so cool. Why did they kill him? Ah! And yeah, I don't, just the idea of angels as, like, jealous children who, like, grew yeah. up is, like, neat. It's neat as hell. I enjoy it. Like, you were a single child for a long time, and then suddenly you have a little kid in the house, and you're like, why? This is annoying as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and he's been stationed on Earth for a long time, and I guess in that whole time, he was just like, these people are so annoying. And, like, he's right. Oh, really? A lot of, yeah, I'm sure that he encountered a lot of annoying people. I get it. He had a post blow up on Tumblr, and he was like, and we should all, they should all kill themselves. <laughs> So Cass asks, are you trying to convert me? And Uriel says, I wanted you to join me. And I still do. With you, we can be powerful enough to... Literally untrue. Did you see his goofy-ass punches? <laughs> Cass can't he do anything! Died. Like, Alistair pretty much wants to force yeah, her to Alistair almost killed him in 410 and Dean had to save him. This time, Alistair almost kills him and Sam has to save him. How does Cass have any power that can help us raise Lucifer? Uriel really does love Cass. Like, they really are brothers. The fact that he's able to overlook how much Alistair tosses him around like a ragdoll. And is like, no, you're actually really cool and you could totally help me on my team. This is this is a pity invite. For real. <laughs> like, everybody else said, no, we need to fill up the table, though. So, like, we have, like, one more No, meal exactly. There were like, seven no people he it. asked first. And that's because they were all better than Cass. <laughs> God. For real. Yeah, so he says, to raise our brother, and Cass says, Lucifer. And Uriel goes, you do remember him? How strong he was? How beautiful? And he didn't bow to humanity. He was punished for defending us. Now, if you want to believe in something, Cass, believe in him. No one will ever talk this cool again. But yeah, anyway, I don't have much to say. Just a great concept. It'd be nice if Uriel could... Okay, because it's like, Uriel and the demons seem to be following sort of the same religion. Like, we've talked about this belief in Lucifer being a religion in hell. But I guess just because Uriel considers himself far, far superior to the demons, no epic team-up could ever happen. But if he stu- if they let him stick around for a while more, I feel like I feel like he There's going to be character to development, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we could get epic team up, but alas. Cass says like Lucifer is not God, but Uriel says God isn't God anymore. Hell yeah, baby. And he says he's proof that God just doesn't give a shit about what they're doing. He goes on and says that he killed the members of the garrison who said no, but others have joined him. He says, Yeah, others have joined me, Cass. Now please, brother, don't fight me. Help me. 
help me spread the word. Help me bring on the apocalypse. All you have to do is be unafraid. And Cass says, for the first time in a long time, I am. Which is supposed to echo, like, for the first time, I feel. I, like, I, okay. For the first time in a long time, I'm unafraid. How long has he been afraid? What, is he referring to just the start of the apocalypse? Or just all his time on Earth? What has he been afraid of? Just his dwindling faith? Maybe so, yeah. Yeah. And this moment, when he's, like, does Uriel saying this make Cass, what, like, reaffirm his belief in God? Because he, like, heard an opposing position and he's like, I know in my heart this is wrong. Why is this the thing that makes him brave again? I think maybe not that, like, it, that this is wrong, like, the totality of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think this is, like, I have figured out how I will interface with, with the feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling, and it's not this way. Yeah, good for him. Cass, like, hurls Uriel through a wall, and they, like, fist fight again. And then Cassio gets hit by a big old metal bar. He, like, falls on his knees, and he says, You can't win, Uriel. I still serve God. And Uriel says, You haven't even met the man. Ugh, slay. And then there is yeah. no way. You didn't will. even mention huh? when Ka- when Cass gets fucking tossed to a beam. And then he falls through it. And then to uh-huh. get up, he like twirls. Oh! Like he well, literally do a tw- he literally cute. does a twin- tw- princess twirl. Good for him. He her. fucking get on his feet. Yeah. And like, he braces himself with like two fists like beside his face. He's so goofy. He looks so <laughs> small and scrungly as the tumblerinas say. Yeah. You know, Uriel's punching Cass between sentences as he goes, There is no will, no wrath, no god. Hell yeah. But then, extremely unfortunately, on the last punch, he gets stabbed from behind through the neck by Anna. Why did she come back? Why is she here? I don't think Cass, like, told her. Okay, whatever. I guess she just came back to check on everyone and this happened. But yeah, she does have a pretty banger line. She says, maybe or maybe not, but there's still me. God. Hell yeah. Yeah, I like that Anna's stance is like agnosticism. Like that seems like a nice place for her to land. And yeah, she pulls out the knife and... Uriel, like, collapses on the ground and then screams and, like, we see, like, a bunch of white light come out of his eyes and mouth and, like, basically, like, the building looks like it explodes. And then when we cut back, we see Uriel dead on the ground with his wings in the form of ashes all across the floor. It looks really neat. I am very sorry that Uriel's dead, though. And that this creates a pattern with supernatural and black angels in general. Yeah. Yeah. The the shot of like Cass and Anna. Like Anna standing beside Cass and Cass is kneeling as the light engulfs the room. Mm-hmm. That's like pretty iconic. I see that a lot too mm-hmm. around. So we go to the hospital bed. And Dean is like 
sitting next to him on like the couch beside the bed. And he asks, are you alright? And Dean says, no thanks to you. And Gas says, you need to be more careful. It's it's nice blocking. It feels a lot more like a conversation between equals. Yeah, that's true. They start talking. And Cass is asking how Dean is. And Dean's like, bad. And Cass says, you need to be more careful. And Dean says, you need to learn how to manage a damn devil's trap. And Cass says, oh, no, that's not what I mean. Uriel is dead. It's not the demons. It's disobedience. He was working that's against us. interesting way to put it. Disobedience? I don't, like, yeah. disobeying. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's not how I would put it. Like, disobedience is something that Cass was considering Doing. earlier, but now he's... This is, like, more like treason, I would say? Yeah, or, like, yeah, rebellion, something, something. But yeah, I don't know, like, why does he use that word? Like, is he just sort of trying to distance himself emotionally from what's happened back there? I think maybe it's like, this is Dean. Maybe if he was talking to someone else about this. But Dean is, like, literally lying on a hospital bed right now. So, like, let's not get into it, you know? Sure. Dean asks, is it true? Did I break the first seal? And Cass says, yes. When we discovered Lilith's plan for you... Uh, we laid a siege to hell to get you, but, you know, too late. Dean asks, why didn't you leave me there? And Cass says, it's not blame that falls on you, Dean. It's fate. Which, I love that line. Mm. I love it. The righteous man who begins it is the only one who can finish it. You have to stop it. And Dean says, what, like, Lucifer? Or the apocalypse? What does that mean? And then Cass doesn't respond for a long time and, like, um, moves his head away. And yeah, Dean is like, no, don't fucking disappear on me. What does that mean? And yeah. Cass says, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, like, they don't tell me much. But yeah, I know our fate rests with you. Yeah. And Dean says, well then, you guys are screwed. I can't do it. It's too big. Alistair was right. I'm not all here. Not strong enough. I'm not the man either of our dads wanted me to be. Find someone else. It's not me. I really and like also a the... single man. Here. Oh yeah, I don't give a fuck about Dean. Oh, I really sorry. like how Cass. <laughs> no, I don't really. Oh, okay, go. On. Okay, I like the Dean. They don't tell me much. A lot. Yeah. Because you know, earlier in the season, Cass is like he's like doing this thing where he like seems so untouchable. And he's the one who's withholding information from Dean and, like, giving it to him on a need-to-know basis. And this is, like, I feel like like a like a moment of vulnerability that, like, he is aware is a moment of vulnerability, unlike all of his previous stuff where he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like you, but that doesn't mean anything. This is, like, we're in the same position here. And also, this is, like, could be a dangerous to tell Dean if mm-hmm. he doesn't plan to c- keep on trusting this guy. Yeah. Because, like, like suddenly when Dean is asking questions and Cass just goes, it's the greater plan. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easier for Dean to question him now. Yeah. Because he has revealed that he doesn't really know what the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. It's, it's both, like, a reveal of vulnerability of, like, I am not as powerful as you think I am. And also, like, and if you want to use that against me you now can due to i have volunteered that information to you Mm -hmm. so yeah what did we think about this episode 
I mean, it's good. It's good. And it's one of those episodes where I feel like there are some episodes where they can be good. It's just there are parts that are like boring. Like maybe the A plot is good, but the B plot is so so, or the B plot is good and the A plot is confusing as hell. Mm. This is one of those instances where they pretty much just solidly stick to one plot. Yeah. And it works. It's not boring. The pacing is good. It works. And I I quite like that. Yep. I I am a big fan of, especially towards the end of Supernatural, where they would have a monster of the week that morphs into a plot episode. Mm. Those are my favorites. My favorite episode pretty much of all time in Supernatural. I don't know if I've said this before. And if I have, I'm not sure I said this episode. Like maybe I said something else like Dog Day Afternoon or whatever. (laughs) But like my favorite episode of Supernatural is Ouroboros. And that episode is, it's a case episode. And then something real bad happens at the end. And it becomes a plot episode. Like Mm. that episode is essential to the plot. But it's it's a case. And... Towards the end of Supernatural, those ones were real good because, like, you need to spice up the case episode somehow. Mm-hmm. But, like, here in Season 4, I do like that they kind of keep it separate. The case episodes are case episodes and yeah. uh, the plot episodes are plot episodes. I feel like separating it in those ways kind of, like, gives the plot episodes, like, so much energy and so much, like... Ooh, like you know, mm. it it gives it it makes it so meaty, so so dense. Yeah, best line, worst line. I really like Cass's. I don't Anna. I don't know what to do. Please tell me what to do. And I like that Anna like does like a slight little smile and says like the old days in response, like calling it yeah. out for what it is. It's a great exchange. I think my best line for me is the one I spent a really long time talking about the. Dean, we know this is difficult for you and we don't care. Uriel's mm. response to that. And then, because not exactly for the line itself, but just the surrounding like visuals of it, I really quite liked. Oh, also, additional best line. Mm. As I've said, I really like that Alistair was singing. I like it. So I'm putting that as a best line also. Mm. Worst line, um,. I do think the moments where I was sort of taken out of it is when, you know, Anna's like, torture, that's God's will or whatever. Because it's like, I just, I don't think Supernatural has a a good stance on that. I feel like they don't, they're just saying shit. There's a line where um, Dean is like preparing his torture materials. Mm. And Alistair's, you know, Alistair goes, he was supposed to bring it on like John. John was supposed to bring it on, but in the end, it was you. And Dean goes, bring what on? I don't like that he inquires in that Right, moment. you feel like he wouldn't engage in that. Yeah, I feel like he wouldn't engage in that. And also, the entire conversation could go the exact same way minus that line. Yeah. Like, Alistair will just keep on talking. He does mm. not need prompting. I feel like Dean prompting that I just think he wouldn't do it. And when I was watching it, I did go, that's not something he would say. Mm. So, um, spreadsheets? It's hard to quantify the racism of Uriel's death because it's like, I feel like the way that we have this structured words episode by episode points doesn't seem to, like, account for the fact that, like, a lot of the racism of Supernatural is just, like, an ongoing problem. 
And like, this is just part of that. Something we say a lot with Supernatural is like, if this was any other show, this would probably be fine. But right. With, because it's in Supernatural where it's already existing in the context of every single other thing that they do that mm-hmm. you can describe as such in the show. It's like, well, it is in Supernatural and they do have a history of doing this over and over again and not doing anything else that can like maybe provide their female characters or their characters who are not white with any more like char- mm-hmm. characterization or they're not given the same benevolence or the same like care they're not they're not engaged with with the same care yeah. that like Sam and Dina or whatever it's like yeah so i don't really know what to put yeah we gave 410 two points in racism which was for i think Uriel's misogyny being part of the larger supernatural pattern of making black male characters unlikable by having them misogynistic to white women. Was yeah. was Ruby possessing the maid also in 410? Yeah. Yes. So I that's so. probably why we gave that two points. So then Uriel's death would probably be if we're like like a like a bump up from that. A or, tree? Yeah, like a three? Is that reasonable? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. I, 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 think they... I think it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Homophobia, I don't recall any. Yeah. Okay. So, I am DB. Okay, people like this. I'd say it's a People like a this. Nine. I think this is a nine point something. Yeah, same. I would go for a, a 9.4 even. Oh, wow. 9.4. I think I was aiming more for like... 9.2 range? Well, huh, okay, Last Rising got a 9.4. I feel like people like this about as much, but a little less than Last Rising, so maybe a 9.3? I'm gonna go with that. Okay, well, let us see. It's a 9.1. Still okay. pretty high, not as high as I thought I would. it would be. Okay. But this is, still, this is still a highly rated episode. Oh god, the the fucking like you know how like they have those photos that are like not exactly in the episode but like mm-hmm. it's in the promo material or whatever, it's in the sides. I don't know. Oh the Cass's fat ass one <laughs> yeah. The Cass's fat ass the picture is you know, I told you about the bookmark, right? I have a bookmark of Cass. Yeah, of Cass that's, that's which back is back to back. Yeah. That that shit is back to back and the front is the picture from last episode and the back is this picture of Cass <laughs> looking like this. Crazy. Hell yeah. I mean, I don't expect any funny reviews from this because like the funny reviews are usually in the episodes are a bit bad. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Oh my god, this one is unwatchable. Seriously, it was almost painful. Oh, Why? Did they think that Alistair's oh, voice like was annoying? Alistair. Yeah, there were moments when I was like, it's a bit much. Huh. Wait, what? This person says that they that they don't like Anna. Like, I know Anna saved the day and saved Castiel, but to me she is no different from Ruby. Both are manipulative and can't be trusted. I think you might just have a problem with women. What did Anna do wrong? I think part of it is that 
Just that, like, her sleeping with Dean is sort of paralleled with Sam sleeping with Ruby or something? Like, is that what it is? Is it just her trying to get Cass to, like, join her? Is that what- Like, she's fine, though. What did she do? I mean, I did- I think we did say that, like, the Dean and Anna stuff, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like that's a different thing than the Cass and yeah, Anna also, stuff. also, I feel like the show doesn't frame it as, like- Doesn't engage with it that way. Yeah, I think maybe a part of it is that- vulnerable moment. So that's- Yeah, I don't know what it is. What do you think it is? The the cast scene is like she's trying to hold his hand. Mm. And that can be seen as like she's trying to elicit an emotion out of him through physicality, which I don't agree with like at all. Mm. I think she's just a human being who's yeah, used to being she spent in a, a lot of time human society. Being a yeah. person, yeah. And she understands that if you want to connect with a person in ways like mere words can't bridge Mm. You do tend to touch to, like, show that kind of, like, and this is what I mean, and I'm touching you so you understand that I mean it for real. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I read that scene. And, like, the thing is, just Cass doesn't have those social mores, and so, and, like, the moment he understands that, like, that's what Anna is trying to say, like, he gets offended, too, so. Yeah. But I don't think that's manipulation. Yeah, she's just trying to convince him. So, well, wow. I think that's it for this episode of Bust Asian Beauties. Next week, we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 17, It's a Terrible Life. Leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. We are on Tumblr at bustyasianbeautiespod.tumblr.com. Our official tag is badpod, B-A-B-pod. Thanks to everyone who's donated to our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash bustyasianbeautiespod and check out our merch at badpod.redbubble.com. Uh, you can email us any feedback, comments, or inquiries at bustyasianbeautiespod.gmail.com. See you guys next time! Bye! Bye.